Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sounds more like dog now than he does the genie. He does. Let me start slouching. We'll remind you later. Just so you guys know, he looks as bad as he as he sounds. I mean, this guy's got the five day look of drinking all over himself. Amen to you. How you doing, Staggerino? Good. Did McNate just call you? Probably. But uh. We got the airplane mode on, so we're good to go. Nice. Ready to talk through these games. No Thursday nighters, so you get to uh, spend some time with your loved ones on that cherished night of the week, and hopefully do a lot of nothing, which sounds good to me for once. Yeah. Catch up on sex day. It's catch up on sex night. Nice. I gotta figure something out there. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to, go to, uh, I'll go to something that I heard was told today. What is it? Uh, I don't even know. 
Firemaniac.com. Um, yeah, good times. There are an RNA Games and Stag Party set on Thursday, uh, so there are two on Saturday, and um, we'll be telling some stories on things that happened to us and give a little uh, uh, in last week's playoffs and over the season and kind of interspersing with some, some season-long type of nuggets and elements here on the show, but let's get right into it and uh, talk about the first game from week, week 16, Saturday, starting at... 4.30 Eastern, so just make sure you're getting your lineup set um, before Saturday. It's not the hugest. Yeah, there's some there's some players in these two games. So don't be an idiot and think um, wait too late and lose your championship because you were an idiot. Uh, we got the Washington Redskins at the Tennessee Titans. We'll start with the Redskins. Uh, you know, squeaked out a, a victory against the once powerful Jacksonville Jaguar defense. Um, I guess they are still pretty powerful. They only let up 16 points. But um, let's. Uh, what do you guys think? Josh Johnson. Is anyone in their non-superflex uh, or two QB league uh, going to lay that guy in a starting lineup on uh, with this uh, with Gunning on the line? No, and you absolutely shouldn't against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I, I just think about this all year long. We talk about. Uh, them being one of these defenses like the Buffalo Bills that just kind of stymies you. But you look at their progression up the power rankings in, uh, on, our, on, our, on our pyro power charts, they are the number three defense. They only allowed 15 points per game to quarterbacks. Uh, they are fourth best, at, that's fifth best, the fourth best at 14.2 points per game to running backs. Where you have an opportunity is with the wide receivers, where they're 24th, giving up 24.4 points, uh, but they're best against tight ends at 3.9. So, what does that tell you? That tells you that if you're going to be relying on Josh Johnson and you look at what the numbers that he put up last week and it was nothing that you wanted to go right, right home about, it's not going to get much better this week as they go on the road uh, to face this Titans defense and a team that looks like it's primed to, to make a solid push for the playoffs here, So uh, depending on how they play down the stretch. So that tells me also this is not a great day if you have Adrian Peterson uh, that you may want to be aware. And the whole tight end situation there, uh, this is probably the week to, to look elsewhere for that help. I mean, Josh Johnson, you're really just hoping for rush yards. He rushed 49 yards last week. Before that, in basically a half of football, rushed for 45 yards. So he's giving you, you know, four and a half to five points rushing. And he had a rush TD in that first game he played, uh, came in in relief of Mark Sanchez against the Giants. So he's had two pretty decent fantasy performances. Uh, I can see him having one of these high floor games with almost no ceiling. So if you need 14 points, I think Josh Johnson might be able to get you that. It's not going to be the prettiest thing. It's not going to be, you know, it's slapping lipstick on a pig is what it really is. Because it's going to be ugly, but he'll get you maybe 14, maybe 16 points uh, just because of that rushing upside. Because they need it. Uh, Because Adrian Peterson, you know, against these last couple run defenses hasn't been able to get it done. Um, They need the run element of the quarterback for it to work. Uh, but I, I just don't think anything really works here. And we've seen, you know, a couple nice plays from Jamison Crowder. We've seen a couple long ones and, you know, things that are extended plays get broken by him. But there's none of these wide receivers that are trustable. You know, Jordan Reed's hurt with his toe, knee, ankle, dick, I don't know. Something, something on the guy is hurting, as usual. Um, Steve Levy, the bulging dick. I mean, um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite things when I saw that live. 
Ugh. Yeah, I mean, overall, I don't know why we're still talking about the Redskins. Well, here's your answer, too. But I'll tell you, if you're, if you're sitting right. here and you're looking at like those streaming quarterbacks and, and where Josh Johnson fits in there, I didn't even put him in my waiver wire. Because there are other running quarterbacks that are available in a Josh Allen and a Lamar Jackson, even though they also have very tough uh, matchups uh, you know, this week. And then you also have a guy out there that's uh, available in just about every league in Nick Mullins, uh, who's been throwing, but also has another tough matchup. So... Mullins, I, he was, I picked him up at about 15 minutes before the second half games as my tiebreaker um, just because I didn't even have a quarterback in, in the game uh, last week. The guy had Rivers as a tiebreaker. I'm like, shit, I, I probably need to have a quarterback in there. And ended up, he ended up tying Rivers with 18 points. Question, here's something, just a little side note. Okay, we didn't have it in our rules. Rivers got 18, I had 18. If the player that I beat um, last weekend had tied it, how? What, what's the best way to go through and decide who wins that week? It wasn't in the rules when our tiebreaker tied. I ended up winning. Well, we have ties in our league, you know, even we, with... How can you have ties? Even league? with tens of points? In the playoffs. In, in some, oh, in the playoffs? Last in week? In the playoffs, it would come down to seeding. It would be whoever had the higher seed. It's, it's basically like home field advantage. You give like a half a point or three points for home field or whatever, so that would be your home field advantage. You like that? Advantage. I mean, it's the only way to really decide something this late. So it's something you got to work on for next year. If you want to do something else, if you wanted to have it go, you know, bench scoring. That's that was the other. Someone put up bench scoring. I'm like, I, like you, I, I, you think, I don't think but, you could do bench scoring this late though. It has to be something like benches that's aren't, already set. Yeah, benches aren't the same for each team anyway. Some yeah. guys have extra quarterbacks on their bench. They're getting extra points totally. compared to you yeah. who is carrying an extra running back or, or a tight end. Totally. Or something. No way. So, yeah. And the other one I don't like is when they go by position by position. So okay, well, who wins? How many? Who wins more categories? You know what? No, you score the same amount of goddamn points at the end of the day. So yeah, no, it's 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 in season record. Let's move over to the Titans. Jeez uh, Louise, we literally what four weeks ago? Derrick Henry is probably the biggest bust in fantasy football. One of one of the top five, ten biggest busts um, outside of the first round. Um, but what was so for ADP? He was about a fourth rounder. Um, that guy all of a sudden, and you know, to start out the season. Uh, we know Deion Lewis was, was lighting it up. So now how things have changed. The last two games have just been ridiculous, but um, he did serviceable three games ago as well. Stag party. Uh, can Derrick Henry, do you have anything to say about um, what he's been doing lately, and can he keep this uh, alive, or are they going to keep feeding the beast? I mean, right now it's been two insane games you know, stacked on top of each other. Uh, but you know, we saw the insane efficiency against Jacksonville, and he was getting to the edge whenever they wanted. Uh, so I think they saw some things with how he was running that game, and they really tried to you know emphasize his strengths. That and they're not just running him in in between the tackles and in between the guard center. They're really trying to get him outside of the tackle box, let him get to full speed. Because when he's at full speed, it's still tough for a linebacker to get him or any of these corners who may be coming down to play run support. They don't want to touch him. Exactly. Uh, like, if they're going to continue to do that and use him, you know, he's good. But 
he, he takes a little time to get running. He doesn't have the greatest feet in the hole. So let's play to the man's strengths. Like, why can't we do this earlier? Because, you know, over these last two weeks, it's been world-beating numbers. So right now he's a top 10 back. He His 33 carries were the highest in the NFL this season. So now you have really no concerns about a workload. Um and against Washington, that has an implied point total of 13.5 points as a home favorite. You could be seeing another 25 to 30 carries for Derrick Henry here. So you should absolutely trust Derrick Henry in your championship lineups. For everyone else? <laughs> well, because you say that, and I believe that, that's why I don't trust anybody else. Because there's not enough of them, uh, you know, how many plays are they going to have? If you're going to give Derrick Henry 25 to 30 carries, it means you're probably only going to be throwing the ball about 25 times in the game. And that's not enough for you to be trusting Marcus Mariota. It's not enough for you to go ahead and trust Corey Davis unless you're hoping on that one big hit. Uh, you know, because that is one spot where the Redskins have been susceptible to a deep pass. But I, other than that, that... Where else are you going? I mean, you, you're, not, you're not in the championship game playing Taewon Taylor or anybody else. I almost dropped Derrick Henry just out of spite literally four weeks ago. I was putting in a bunch of waiver wire claims, and I was like, well, if I get this guy, then maybe it comes back. And I was like a little deeper into my bench. I'm like, no way I'm going to play Derrick Henry. It's like really close to um, getting rid of that guy. Thank God. Um, I didn't. I'm sure there's many owners out there that did get rid of him. Kind of, kind of probably got hurt a little bit. But, um, you know, I think that's something each season when you audit and what you did right and what kind of mistakes you didn't, uh, you did or didn't do, uh, it's dropping guys and sometimes going a little too waiver wire happy and trigger happy and the waiver wire can bite you in the ass. I know it's gotten me over the years um, every season, you know. So just make sure when you're making those claims – you know, not so much for this season, for this season in this game, but just make sure uh, in season forward, just make sure. Do I really could this guy come around at the end and be a world beater at some point? Because uh, it happens all the time. No, what happens all the time is that a guy drops him after holding him for six weeks or seven weeks or eight weeks, and then the week that they drop him is the week that the guy goes off, and then they're ineligible for being able to pick up that guy again. And or maybe it's two weeks later and they've got the waiver wire spot at number seven. It's like you got six people in front of you. They're like, I'm grabbing them. Yeah, I hate not being able to pick somebody up. Uh, I dropped Nick Chubb for Traquan Smith the day before Carlos Hyde was traded. Um, so I think that rule is stupid. Like, circumstances change. Like, I mean, it, it was still... Had to go through waivers, so if I wanted to burn my, you know, top two waiver priority on it, who gives a fuck who the player is, you know? Um, Interesting. So you, you you wish because you probably you probably got the news first because you're on top of this shit. You you feel like you should have been able to go back and grab the guy that you just dropped. Well, he was on waivers, so I still had to go. It wasn't first come first serve. It was. You know, you have to go through the waiver process. Uh, How does that work, though, if you're doing an auction uh, salary type situation? If you want to spend all your fab when circumstances change, who cares? Well, no, because the reason is because other times guys would then drop a player who they drafted in the auction at $35, $40, drop them, and then try to pick them up the next week at 4 or $5 in order to save all that salary. Oh, you're talking that, about going forward for future years? No, well, yeah, yeah. But even for that year, I mean, you're giving yourself more flexibility in your own salary cap to allow you to do more trades. So they can never pick them up again? Or? No, they can pick them up again, but they have to let them sit out there for one week. 
That's why. Just for the money aspect, just because you can't let somebody just all of a sudden clean their their whole salary shelf. You know. I mean, I you got to think other owners are sharper, and they're just watching this like. Oh, you want to drop this guy? Like, hey, See, but then I'm also at a point in time in my life where we've been doing these leagues with guys for 20 years, and people have busy lives and stuff, and they, you know, they're not necessarily on top of it like some of the other guys are. Like when I was 22 years old, it was easy. Everybody was on there was on top of everything. I mean, let's be honest. The best fantasy people in both my leagues are the ones that are by far the most on top of it. Moltz does so well in, in one of our leagues, and sorry, I know we're, we're just going to have a little more fun today. It is what it is. Um, end of the season, getting a little nostalgic, but Moltz has a job where because his wife is such a, a jerk to him, he's got to get to work so early so he can get home to be with the kid. He wakes up at 4 o'clock. So even our week tonight, and so he just sits and he lets things go by the waiver wire, and whatever's there, he's up literally picking people at four in the morning. And so he's got the number one seat, number one, he's always in the number one. So this year, he picked up last week when he played against me, Damian Williams, started him because he had the number one. And then five, six weeks before that, um, he picked up Josh Adams in a rookie, must play a rookie league. So... It, be that guy. Figure out a way to be on top of it. And, I'm and, not going to be that guy. Not, I, I not think waivers should process it like 9 a.m. Well, no, ours, ours actually process only <laughs> once a week. It's, it's, it's on one of the intensive ones. If you want Thursday to morning, Wednesday night, you have to you have to put your bids in, and then you find out if you got it. We only do it once. That way, at least it makes it a level playing field. I'm going to blame on this podcast and a lot of our waiver wire in my big money league. It happens Tuesday night at 1 o'clock. Yeah. After getting the show up sometimes, I'm like looking in or I just don't want to go to bed. I don't even look at it. Anyway, <clears throat> Verde. Um, anything <laughs> else uh, Anything else for the Titans? You guys are saying pretty much stay away against, I mean, uh, from everyone else here? I, I'm a little bit higher on Corey Davis just because you know we've seen them still look his way a good number of times over the last couple weeks. So... You know, he's a tough play because he's been so down these last couple of weeks, but now maybe you get a little bit more of the play-action game. You could hit him on a deep shot, hit him on one of these crossers. Uh, might open up some extra room for him, even though the run game doesn't affect play-action at all. Cool. Uh, good luck in that game. Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. we got the next game is going to be – oh, before we do that, let's, uh, let's have a word from the sponsor. Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Chargers. We know the Ravens are as stout as they get. Chargers pretty much, um, what are they, they're tied with the, uh, after beating uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in that awesome friggin' game last Thursday. Uh, they are tied for first in AFC. We'll start with the Ravens offensively, obviously, but is this a bad is this a bad week for uh, Chargers players? And plus, um, you know, there's a couple of their main cogs in the wheel that are banged up. Will they play? Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, can he get it done? Chargers, another one of those top five defenses, correct? Yeah, they are one of those top five defenses, but they've been susceptible against the running backs. And I could basically consider Lamar Jackson a running back when the guy's carrying the ball 18, 20 times a game. Uh, what did he get you, 95 yards last week? So, you know, 
him, this is how they're going to attack. This is this is their style of offense now. We're going to throw the ball for 130 to 165 yards. We're going to run uh, Gus Edwards a whole bunch. We're going to run Lamar Jackson at you. We're even going to run Kenneth Dixon at you. Um, so the fact, though, is that you just can't trust any of these wide receivers because Lamar Jackson is only completing anywhere from about like 10 to 15 passes a week. So how many how many balls is, is a John Brown or a Willie Sneed or any of these other guys going to be able to get? You're hoping for that one big play. But Man, Lamar Jackson, he, he just runs and gets it done. I mean, this is fantasy. That gets your points. Yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson still, you know, we didn't see a huge game, but he's just locked in on a weekly basis to giving you pretty safe and accurate fantasy points uh, because of that rushing upside. You know, last week was a weird week for scoring, but Lamar Jackson was still you know, high in the ranks. Um, you know, it was actually his best finish when he finished a QB8. He'd usually, every single week, been finishing between QB11 and QB15. It, like, if you need 16 fantasy points, Lamar Jackson's going to get you 16. He might get you 18. But right now, we don't know what his upside is. His high game, uh, you know, since becoming a starter, is just 20.2 fantasy points. You know, sometimes you need that absolute explosion dominance from your quarterback position. If you're an underdog, um, you know, you might be looking for a 30-point game to try and cut down the, the edge your opponent might have on you. And I just don't know if Lamar Jackson has that. But if you're projected to win... You know, I like his odds to get you 16 to 18, and I do agree that you know they might be able to attack the Chargers uh, a little bit more with how they sort of play uh, a lot of man-to-man coverage. So I think he should be able to scramble and design runs are there. Do you like Lamar Jackson as a waiver wire if you're a streaming guy who's been streaming all season? Do you like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen this week? Uh, Lamar Jackson. I just... Because isn't Josh Allen going against Patriots and yeah. don't you think going against Patriots? He's going against the he's going against the Chargers. Two tough defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots have been kind of more exposed a little bit as of late, um, yeah. you know. And Josh Allen's also been running the ball. He didn't he didn't wasn't very successful last week. It was only like 16 yards, but he scored a rushing touchdown. So, yeah. so and he's got Foster, who's just been ridiculously dominant for him. We'll talk about that we'll, later. We'll talk to him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, what the hell have ever happened to uh, Crabtree? I mean, Crabtree was the second fiddle to John Brown for the first half of the season. And now it's just, you know, you're hoping for a touchdown. So, you know, if you're riding Mike and Crabtree, you shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not listening to the show. Um, Kenneth Dixon, you guys mentioned him. uh, No, it's Gus Edwards. Okay, it's all Edwards. I mean, Dixon might get a, a few opportunities and... You know, they sat Ty Montgomery last week inactive, so it was Dixon and uh, Javorius Allen active, and Allen had been inactive. So they're sort of mixing and matching and seeing what they have in these guys. But Gus Edwards' north-south style just complements what they want to do with the arc read and stuff for Lamar Jackson so much. And Dixon, you know, he's getting, he's getting like eight touches. It's just not enough because he's also not getting enough work as a receiver in order to, to complement those eight, the eight to ten carries that he's getting in the game. Let's go over to the Los Angeles side of the ball. Um, just a, That was just an awesome game. 
Phillip Rivers stamp all over it. Um, just, God, I can't believe they pulled that out last second. What a stunner. If you were sitting there in Arrowhead Stadium, you are just like, that just happened? What happened? We were all pumped about this. Um, Rivers, this game against Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, most people probably are sitting with another quarterback that they've got on their team. Um, is Rivers still you locked and loaded with him, stag party, or are you worried about this matchup? I mean, I'm slightly worried. I think uh, so far me and Wheeler have um, Phillip Rivers as the 17th ranked quarterback. So that means we do prefer guys like Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson. So you should be open to streaming depending on what your team needs. Um, but if you still, if you get 300-yard passing bonuses, uh, I think that's you know a possibility here. It's just like not likely to be a four-touchdown game. Maybe he's 332 and one. Uh, the Ravens are pretty stout. But you're likely to get Melvin Gordon back, Keenan Allen, you know, because it was a Thursday to a Saturday game. They're expecting him to be decently healthy. So he should have a full complement of weapons. And we really saw Mike Williams step up last week in a big way and then use him in a variety of different ways. And also Tyrell Williams, you know, looked healthier than he had in the past month. So, you know, this week or next week, they might be as healthy as they've ever been, which is going to make them an extremely dangerous team going forward into the playoffs. And, and when you look at them, yeah, they might end up as the three seed. So they might have to, you know, go on the road and win some games, which is going to be tough. But every game is a road game if you're a Charger right? fan right yeah, now. Totally. So you're not getting much of a home, you know, love, home crowd love. Uh, in that tiny ass stadium that they choose to play in. Yeah, the stub, it's like the stub hub uh, center. It's literally called the center. They don't even call it a stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I worry about the Chargers in this game, uh, especially if Melvin Gordon is back and they start leaning on that running game. You know that the, the, the Ravens are going to run the ball at least 35, 40 times in this game. So that eats up a lot of clock. And, you know, so is it going to be the quick strike? Uh, or is it going to be, uh, you know, five-minute drive to the next six-minute drive, and, and then it just eliminates the amount of, of total uh, offensive plays that you might be able to get this week? So that's that's, think, that's, that's my fear. That's don't my you fear. think, though, it's one, it's incredible that, that uh, after the, the performance he's had, uh, Derrick Henry's got like 80 more yards than Melvin Gordon on the season rushing. That's hard to believe. Um, don't, well, you think they're gonna, don't you think they're going to hold up? And uh, do uh, don't you think they're gonna just not really like? They've got Super Bowl aspirations. Like it would be really stupid for Melvin Gordon, even if he's feeling great. He goes to the coach. And, I want to play him. They gotta t- take it a little bit light on this guy. No, no. If you still have a chance to get the one seat, it, I, I don't they know, think that against this team. I know it's good defense, but, but if you think you can play, you gotta, don't you think if, he's already one hundred percent at practice today? All right, I just think they've got two other awesome running backs. They, I'm not saying they're not going to run it. It's just like don't don't go crazy on Melvin Gordon. I maybe I, I guess I'm wrong. I mean, but, but if the guy's healthy, then gotta go Valverde. They named it San Diego, which in German means. A whale's vagina. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Are those outtakes? That's an outtake. It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, 
Isn't that what they call the stadium that they play in? The StubHub Center? The, well, whale's, the whale's vagina? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What else we got to say on the uh, the Chargers side? Uh, I mean, I, I think you're rolling with all the Chargers that you normally would. And, um, you know, you're rolling Keenan Allen. You're rolling Melvin Gordon. Should he be active? And you'll know really early this week. You're rolling Phillip Rivers. Unless you are willing to dip into the stream. Um, you know, it, it's... Are the Mike Williams owners going to start Mike Williams after his three-touchdown performance? I think I'm they... I'm going to give you the Chicago they, type of a voice. That guy was unbelievable. He's on pace <laughs> for another... He sure does look good. When they're throwing him the ball, I'm going to be honest. How much shit we've given him on this show. I'm like, why... I thought he was just a carbon copy kind of of uh, Terrell Williams, which he isn't. But And, and kind of just using that high uh, draft capital on him last year. If moving forward, he looks like he's going to be a player. He's not that explosive or anything, but he's he can get it done, and uh, I like what I'm seeing. Obviously, when there's you're... room for that type of player. I Absolutely. mean, he's a red zone weapon that there aren't few like him, and he, you know, in contested catch situations, the guy wins at the point of attack. So you know, those are things you like, and you look at Tyrell Williams. He's sort of the opposite of that. He's a he's, he's, he's a, a field strong stretcher. field yeah. stretcher, you know, yak player, uh, a guy who's not great in contested catch situations. Like if he improved in that one area, Tyrell Williams would be among the top ten receivers in the league. Um, you know, we saw him last week even drop a touchdown yeah. on a play that ended up you know getting flagged. Uh, against the defense, anyway, so it didn't result in a major, um, you know, setback. But if he can convert more contested catch situations, there's a lot of upside still left in Tyrell as he, you know, goes forward to enter free agency this offseason. I agree. He's, I think he's one of those guys. I don't know if he's the combine or whatever, but he feels like a guy. If you got, if he got on the bench press, he'd like knock up like seven of them. Yeah, like, like he's just he's just probably not very strong. Um, all right, Chargers, good times. I'm loving watching that team. Um, you know the way that the uh, the way that the LA Rams have played the past couple. Uh, maybe these Chargers are going to be the ones that are going to be filling that new stadium when it's when it opens in a couple years. Uh, but exciting nonetheless. I would love. I'm obviously rooting for the Bears to win the championship, but. And I do like, the, I want the Chiefs, and I like Mahomes, and you know, I went to school in Kansas, but if, I, I, I'd say I'm rooting right up there. I'd love Rivers to put all that shit that we're having, like Ben Roethlisberger's got two championships, guy who's traded for, Eli Manning's got two championships. It'd be pretty sweet this late in his career after everybody did if he could get a ring. Um, I'm all for it. It would be sweet, but then I don't know if he just pulls an L and he's like, oh, it's about enough. (laughs) Why would he do that? He's got to go home to like his 27 kids. (laughs) The kid's going to play until they're like, you're no longer allowed to be here. Go home. Your kid's graduated in two hours. Jump on that little... That truck that which, you converted which, into a film yeah, room. Which one? <laughs> Good kids graduating in seven different grades right now. <laughs> you're, you you're have all these kids getting married, and you, you're you about a to be a grandfather, and, and, you're, and, and you have a, a grandchild that is older than one of your kids. <laughs> have you seen his wife, though? God, that, that, that woman, that thing's, she's got to be his. It's like a wizard sleeve down there at this point. Um, let's go on to the next game, and that's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be going to the Browns. 
Exciting game for this one. Two yeah, teams in completely opposite directions. Yeah, but I, I can see Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a great game. Um, well, let's go. Hugh Jackson's going to provide all that inside knowledge into the Cleveland Browns. No, <laughs> like not. The, the basic, basically, the Cincinnati Bengals right now are Joe Mixon and no one else. Got right. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, you know. I think you're underestimating this Driscoll guy. <laughs> Kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, if you, want 11, if you want 11 fantasy points, Jeff, Driscoll's your guy. Is Boyd out, out? Uh you know, He's they, got a knee injury, right? They said he likely has an MCL sprain, which just put uh, Aaron Jones on IR and had you know Melvin Gordon out for the last three weeks. So I definitely don't think we see him again this season. I, I got something to say about Driscoll. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Driscoll was a bad choice. That was trying, to, trying to get me to. Kind of like milk on a hot day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about Mixon. I missed those games. Kind of didn't have the start. You, you, uh, people that drafted him fourth round. You know, I know I got him in both leagues, and I was super pumped. He was like an X factor for me. Turning it around. I think now, right now, Mixon is uh, sitting at the tenth running back at 181 ish, um, right around where Lindsey. Uh, and a, a little bit above, he's above David Johnson. So that's missing those two and a half games. And the more things. impressive part is right now he's no the, agreed. He's the yeah. four, fourth leading rusher in the NFL, um, well, just ahead of Philip uh, Lindsay, who you know has 14 games, just ahead of Christian McCaffrey, who has 14 games. So you know he's been very, very good. This How season. many rushing yards is that? Nine ninety-five. Wow. So we only hit, have three thousand yard rushers at this point in time. Yeah, in the we we might hit ten or eleven, maybe twelve. Which is actually which is actually sort of improved off previous years. It's just so weird though, I mean, because you went back in the days and oh. you had twenty guys that were over. Back in my day. No, no. <laughs> well, that's that's it, it, which is why it doesn't mean, mean anything anymore. The, the yeah. barometer is total yards from scrimmage. Adrian yeah. Peterson's gonna get it. Carson Carson's gonna get it. I don't Lamar know. Lamar Miller's gonna get it. Lamar like, not the guys that you would think of when you think of the best running backs in the game. These are not the names that pop out. No, hey, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying that like what Stag's is saying. There's like there's basically in the next two games, there's like ten guys that are gonna make make cross. Yeah, but, but hey, Adrian Peterson's has sixty seven yards over the last two weeks. So if he puts up that same performance point. these next two weeks, who knows? Good point. Um but you know, it's going to be tight for a lot of guys to reach that threshold. I don't think that threshold means a lot for anybody. I, I do think, you know, versatility means a lot for running backs. Uh, and, you know, guys Look at like, James White. 354 rushing yards. He's sitting at the number 12 for the position. And he was Chubb and Henry. And what's amazing is how much he's fallen over the last three yeah. weeks of where he was prior to that. He was probably like number six or seven yeah. uh, a couple Good weeks point. ago. Good point. He killed my my, my dream run. <laughs> Your dream world is just about to end. It ended, uh, it ended this week. That's the uh, Midnight Oil. Good song. Uh, go for it. Do your thing on uh, Bengals bet, for a little bit. The bets are burning. No, Bengals are done. We're on the Browns that's now. That's another song. No, I know, I know, know. I know. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> We're on the Browns now. Back in our day. You take the Browns. Go for it. I like Chubb. I mean, 
you should pretty much like everybody in this matchup. Uh, Baker Mayfield's like a top seven or eight quarterback option. Like he's just progressed so well. The offense is, you know, doing things around him now. They they seem to have enough playmakers. They're getting healthier with guys like their depth wide receivers coming back, like Rashad Higgins, and that's pro- providing you know extra weapons uh, when they were really light. And Antonio Callaway has progressed throughout the season. Uh, but I think you can go Jarvis Landry, you can go Nick Chubb, you can go Baker Mayfield. Uh, beyond that, you know, you're maybe hoping for a long play with Antonio Callaway. Uh, I don't think you can really trust any of the other weapons. David and Joku's been, you know, okay. The tight end's just ugly, so he's still he's still like a back end tight end one option. But I, I doubt that many teams heading into. You know, playoff contention or rolling with Njoku. Probably not. Speaking of the tight end position, we've seen it this year. We've seen, um, you know, Zach Ertz and uh, Travis Kelsey really assert themselves. And, you know, a couple younger players like George Kittle really come up. Do you think there's going to be more of a premium on these elite tight ends? You know, heading into drafts next year, you're going to have to spend a first or second round pick to get Kelsey and Ertz. It's going to be interesting because you also, this is a, as far as rookies coming in this year, uh, next year, it's a very weak skill position class, but potentially a, a pretty good tight end class. Just for my yeah, right. If both of those guys come out, just that alone is good. But then you also got was Alabama, and you got a couple other guys out there um, that really make the position interesting uh, to help push it along. And again, you know, depending on what happens with uh, uh, with the Giants, well, what are they going to do with the quarterback position? Does Evan Ingram see a boost from where he is, and he become a value type of a guy next Hunter year? Hunter Henry comes back next yeah, year. Yeah, so I, I still think look, you're going to have the guys that are going to jump up. I, I don't think anyone's going to be jumping up like they did for Gronk anymore. It's it's you're jumping for a Kelsey, you're jumping for an Ertz, and I think Kittle. I, I think, think a first Ertz. round. I think Ertz right now is that only guy. Kittle, I think, is that going to get himself into that late third, fourth round, and that's going to be a little risky, but probably be well rewarded. But yeah, I think um, Kelsey is probably a friggin'. He was a third rounder this year. He's a second rounder. I, mean, I draft could, Kelsey over Ertz every day of the week. Oh yeah, yeah well, look especially at with what's going on right now. And, and how could you not, even with all the weapons that they got in Kansas City, that he's still putting up these points? Oh, insane. So the thing that you have to worry about with Kittle is that look, Garoppolo's going to be back. They're going to have a high draft pick. You got the emergence of Dante Pettis. They're going to add something else, not be relying on the Pierre Garcons and anything else going into next year. So where is that youth going to be, and is that going to be one of the things that takes away targets from him potentially a little bit next year? I've had Ertz every year in his career until this year. You guys know we've talked about on the show. I just felt like, God, it's just too rich for my blood. I'm going to hold back. And it was the biggest mistake that I made in, in reviewing what I did in drafts. It's like, I love Kelsey. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought Ertz was a little overrated, been proven wrong. He's, he's in that uh, pedigree. Uh, but when you when you're drafting these guys in the one fielding one it's it's a one player position the tight end and the quarterback yeah. in most leagues you got one shot at this and um, more so quarterback there's a lot of depth there we know there isn't that at the tight end it's it's the premium position right now this is the premium position we see a guy like Gus fucking Edwards or whatever getting uh, being able to get things going at this late in the um, season and a running back. 
there's not that opportunity for a tight end. They're really, you know, we got lucky a little bit with people that drafted Ebron and he panned out. Um, but how you feeling? Are you feeling confident with an Ebron going into the championship this week after he goosed on you last week? Uh, so I'm with the yes. Stags. I think, yeah, maybe. That's, Cole goes and everybody like me that also was riding Andrew yeah, Luck is, is, is uh, zero touchdowns in two out of the last three weeks didn't uh, didn't didn't get it done for you. But I think the answer is yes. Of course, the main upper pedigree, top echelon, uh, top tier tight ends. You're gonna have to go for them early just because it's a, it's 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 a it's a not a saturated and watered down position. Um, we moving on. Yeah, but before we do, I got I got another sponsor I want you to hear from. <laughs> what cologne are you gonna go with? London gentleman or wait? No, no, no. Hold on. Blackbeard's delight. No, she gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yeah, it's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> it stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> Did you guys see that uh, Steve Carell said this week that um, he's pumped for uh, Anchorman 3? So I thought they were turning it into a podcast, so, and Rod Burgundy was just doing podcasts. Yes, they're definitely doing that. That's transplanted. <laughs> they, they, they're going to be doing a, a iHeartRadio got um, Anchorman and Rod Burgundy signed uh, to do a podcast. But Corral basically said that he's like, I'm pumped to do it again. So you know they're like, fuck it, people love this shit too much. We have, it's too much fun those four months doing it. Um, <laughs> Corral's probably gonna win an Oscar by the time that movie comes out. Um, well, I want to see the uh, the whole uh, Sherlock and uh, Watson, oh my God, Holmes and Watson. Hilarious! <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. looks hilarious. Um, all right, before we do the next game, let's do a let's do a word from our sponsor that isn't a clone. Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading down to the Dallas Cowboys. Buccaneers coming off a loss, and obviously the Cowboys got goose-egged. Jameis Winston, can he do something? You know, for the last four weeks until, um, you know, the Indy game, uh, and they still looked okay, but we're talking about how the Denver or the Dallas Cowboys have this fast defense. Oh, my God, they're something special. Um... Has anything changed, or are they just uh, Tampa Bay, just a shitty team, or can they get it done against them? Um, you know, I'm not going to write off James Winston. He didn't have a lot of success against Baltimore last week. Uh, I could see them struggling in some areas, but they're also just playing more conservatively as of late. They're running Peyton Barber, and he had 85 rush yards and a touchdown last week. Um so they're playing a much more balanced attack. They're trying to take care of the ball with Jameis Winston, and it's worked out. And, you know, against the Dallas defense, they're going to need to take a couple more shots because this offense uh, should be able to get some more things done than they were able to get done against the Colts. Um, this one probably, if I'm looking at it, it's probably like, oh, I want to go the under. Like, mm-hmm. And that means usually when that happens, I, I don't want a lot of fantasy players tied up there. But, you know, the Tampa Bay defense is also playing so much better uh, as of the last four to five weeks. Um, but Dak at home, 
Um, a- after a shit performance, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's still the leading rusher in the league. Uh, Amari Cooper, since coming over, has still been pretty dominant. Um, but, you know, looking at just Tampa Bay, I think Jameis is, you know, a, a mid-QB. Let me double-check this. Uh... Jameis Winston. Yes, Jameis Winston. Uh, I don't know. All right, well, I'm, I'm off. Uh, I'm not going to rank him highly. Yeah, no. I mean, Dallas is a tough defense, especially Dallas at home. Especially Dallas in a game that they're going to need desperately after the loss and dropping to 8-6 and six and having the Eagles breathing down their throats uh, or on their, breathing down their backs. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, that's a better way to go, right? That's the way to do it. When you're breathing down someone's throat, that's tough. Um, so, you know, with Mike Evans, you can feel comfortable that you're going to start him there. You know, he hasn't given you the touchdown production that you would like to see, uh, but he still got you over 120 yards in a tough uh, matchup last week. Um, you know, the problem is now. Where were you, where you were going with the other ones where you could feel a little bit more comfortable with break, with the potential for the touchdown? He's just, again, as you said, they're doing a more balanced attack, so you're not really getting as many shots in the red zone. He's only giving you one or two touchdowns. Um, so then that also kind of limits, is it going to be more of a Godwin or is it going to be more of a Humphreys type of a day? And, you know, he's he's definitely using Humphreys a lot in those, in those shorter underneath drop passes, but he's getting a lot of goddamn targets. It's taken away where he should be throwing to Godwin. Yeah, and Godwin's got one catch over his last 13 targets for 13 mm-hmm. receiving yards. So that's not a good yard. For so I shouldn't pick him up off the waiver wire this uh, week? Uh, I'm going to hold off there. I think he's <laughs> going to play outside, and you know, Byron Jones likely to be on uh, well, Mike Evans a lot. I like that size-speed sort of matchup. So you're going to get a second corner on Godwin, but the second corner depth for the Cowboys has been pretty good. I think the best way to attack them is with that slot receiver. So I, I think Humphreys over Godwin this week. Um, you know, uh, but Bright is literally touchdown or nothing. Yeah. Because the the yardage in between the twenties just aren't coming. They're looking to every single position before they look to Bright. Uh, unless it's in the red zone. Well, it's almost Sucks. like the rise of Humphreys has come with the fall of Brady. That, that those two guys have kind of been, this, they're doing, he's taking away his, his, his underneath passes. God damn it. Um, yeah, I need a, I need a fucking Brady to get a touchdown then this week. We're here in trouble. The Trubs. Uh, what else we got in this, uh, this one? Anything else to talk about? Well, Dallas, you know, I think Dak, if, you, if you're playing him, you know, this is one of those ones maybe he can also get you some good rushing yards. I think Zeke is going to be awesome uh, this week. Um, and this is one of those ones, too. I'll give you – you want a sneaky play? You want a sneaky – like you've been – you don't know what to do at the, at the tight end position. You've been, you've been, you know, kind of kerfuffled over the last couple of weeks. I got one for you. Against this defense, how about Blake Jarwin? How about Blake Jarwin, who's seen 14 targets, seven each over the last two weeks? You know, now he's gotten 56 and 46 yards. Uh, you know, again, you're not necessarily looking at like high end production, but he's getting these these good matchups. He's obviously getting some rapport going on with, with Dak Prescott, where he's feeling comfortable with him. After Amari Cooper, you know, Michael Gallup is just too inconsistent, and so Jarwin's given him kind of a nice outlet to be able to to use. So if you're in a desperation mode, it's not a bad guy to look at at the tight end. Next, we go. All right, let's go to the next game. Minnesota Vikings at Detroit Lions. Uh, stag party. Do a little, uh, do a little do here on the fantasy world. 
I mean, we, we saw a much different attack out of the Minnesota Vikings last week. Uh, they were much more uh, run-based with Kevin Stefanski at the helm instead of John DeFilippo. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, really got it going, had it by far his best game of the season. Uh, but they also mixed in Latavius Murray. Murray ended up scoring a touchdown himself. Uh, I think they realized they have some depth at running back, and... You know, when they're attacking that way, you can get some things done. So I do like, you know, Dalvin Cook here in this matchup again. Even though, you know, Detroit has been much better against opposing run games. Uh, they really limit even quarterback runs, which doesn't really matter for Kirk Cousins. I'd, I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd set the line for Kirk Cousins' rushing yards at zero. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to be a lot, couple, more, I'm a lot more generous. I was going to give him three. <laughs> I mean... A couple kneel downs, or he does nothing. So <laughs> take take what you want. Um, maybe minus point five. Um, uh, you know, I, I think you got to roll out both Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Um, I do think Darius Slay will end up mostly on Diggs out out on the perimeter, but you know they can move and mix and match and. You know, do the Bill Belichick, you know, leave your best corner on, you know, their top receiver and then double the other guy. So I do think we're going to see a little bit of that. Uh, if you survived Adam Thielen's last week, I, th- I still think you're rolling with them. Um, Diggs, you know, had a decently nice week. Uh, maybe you progressed with him, but I, I think you're rolling both those guys. Can I, can I just speak as a, golf? No. Can I just speak as a Thielen owner? God damn it. What if what he did through the first eight weeks was remarkable, and it's like if I could have just spread that out over sixteen weeks, just gone every other week, so that he could have given me more of those games instead of just this prodigious fall that he had, the fall from grace that he had toward the end of the season, and just completely shat the bed for you in your in your must needs uh, of your playoff match. Remember, two years ago, Dylan was a star, a stud, right? Well, of uh, playoff weeks, um, you know. Over the last five weeks in standard scoring, Thielen's just uh, the wide receiver 20 behind Robert Foster, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, uh, Dante Pettis. So there, there's a bunch of guys who are ascending while he's sort of falling back, unfortunately. But you're rolling both of them. You know, Rudolph, this is a good matchup for Kyle Rudolph. Uh, you know the t- the tight ends uh, against Detroit. You know it- it's usually very profitable. They've been a little bit better this season, allowing just uh, you know 596 yards. Um, you know compared to the thousand or so they were averaging in a season before, and their high game is just 76. But you know there's semi decent shot for touchdown. Um, I-, I just don't think you can trust them. He's a shot in the dark at most. So who's that? Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. The, the the most trustable player here, after being not so trustable, is probably Dalton Cook. Yeah. Well, well he's finally one hundred percent healthy and man. I mean, he's, he's he's trying to get me my wherever I had him ranked. He's trying to make the, the last push at the end of the year to get. There. I think he's like RB thirty. Yeah, not, not, not in good shape. He can pick up ten spots though. He can pick up ten spots. Lit it up last weekend. Yeah. Man. Deep burn. Oh, so deep. Ah. Oh, I can barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. 
You have your uvulus muscle which connects to the upper dorsimus. Over the last five weeks, Dalvin Cook is a top ten running back. You know, just ahead of Nick Chubb, Gus Edwards, Marlon Mack. There you go. Damn. Uh, what else we got in this one? Should we uh, move Detroit? over to the Detroit? All right, Detroit's. I mean, this is another one. This is funny. This show, this show where basically every team's got like one or two guys uh, that are even serviceable to even consider. And everybody and, else and, is kind of like. five teams that are kind of stocked. Yeah, I, I think you're rolling out Kenny Galladay. Yeah, damn right. Um, over the last five weeks, Kenny Galladay is wide receiver 14. He's averaging eight targets a game, five receptions, and 80 yards. He hasn't really come through you for you in the receiving uh, touchdown uh, aspect. But hey, thousand yard receiver. Yeah, he is. Thousand yard receiver, and you know he's got he, he's top ten in the league in air yards. Um, he's not great in contested catch situations, so that's something I want to see him improve on a little bit, but man, can that guy make some highlight plays uh, and knows how to track the football vertically. So he's got some upside going forward in the next season. Um, he's a guy I'm excited to watch. Carry on Johnson, you know, I'd I feel not great going up against Minnesota, uh, but if he comes back, it likely means he's fully healthy. Uh, even if he's back, I think you're ranking him as an RB2 and you know, he, he could have some success. Cause they might want to feature him for a few weeks just to see what they have going forward in next season, see if they can make an offense work around just Kenny Galladay and uh, on Johnson. Yeah, well, on Johnson, you know, if they, if they do it, which they should have been doing that more at the beginning of the year too, to find out if you do have the guy who can be a three-down back and that you don't have to have uh, to use a, a theoretic Anna Laguerre blunt in order to achieve what you can get from carrying And the Zach Zenner. And Zach Zenner, right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we done with the Detroit? There's really not, there's not, not much you want to be doing there. The Matthew Stafford? No. No. 19 touchdowns in the season. Wow. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the Matt Patricia era did not start out with a bang for fantasy owners. That's uh, maybe another thing. Pay attention when uh, coaches are hired. I mean, nobody's really hiring defensive coaches anymore, but if they do and you have that offensive guy and he's bringing in a new offense, don't necessarily – Well, actually, they, they he kept, kept, they kept, they kept, kept him by – They kept him by – That might be something that's not kept. Maybe, maybe yeah. everybody there was just slouching and not, like, sitting up straight and doing their jobs right. You know, well, you know what, what I'm talking about when he was yelling at the reporters for slouching? <laughs> no. Patricia, yeah. He did that? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Patricia, yeah, he's got that weird, what, he's making the guys practice practice outside in the, in the cold when they're when that week they're playing at the home game? Yeah, he, he's like, well, he's like the, uh, he's like the new Bears, oh, not the Bears, the new Bulls head coach, Jim Boylan. Yeah. Like, how much of a boob is this guy? How, how much are they, are they getting ridiculed around the league? Uh-oh, they lost the game. Looks like you guys are going to have another two-and-a-half-hour practice. Dude. Like. We need to get we need to get rid of Gus Farrar or whatever the hell his name is, John Paxson. Get rid of those idiots. They Gus Farrar? Is it no, Farrar. What's his name? Gus Foreman. Gus Foreman. Gar Foreman. There you go. Gus. Hey, I'm glad yes. I, I'm glad yes. I don't know this idiot's name. Farrar. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey buddy. Hey buddy. Be nice. <laughs> hey, Buffalo at New England. 
All right, let's talk about, you got Josh Allen as a, uh, a streaming option with his uh, running legs, uh, getting it done. Uh, he now as has... As opposed to not running legs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some legs are just... Uh, some legs are tree trunk legs. Some, some legs are tree trunk legs. <laughs> he's running legs. He will call him Josh Running Legs Allen. Um, so he's got six rushing touchdowns, right? Uh, on the year, 500 rushing yards. You know, so that's going to get done, and he's got a legitimate weapon, not in Zay Jones, not in Kelvin Benjamin, who's gone, but in, in Foster. And uh, Robert Foster has just been phenomenal. The dude's got 300-yard games in his last five. Uh, the, one of the two that he didn't get over 100 was 94 yards. He scored, uh, I think, a touchdown each of the last two weeks. So, you know, and I think three touchdowns in that span. So he's been, he's been remarkable, and he's like the one guy that Allen has faith in and is giving him. Where's he a, from? Is that an Alabama guy? Alabama. Yeah. Former five-star recruit. Uh, already has more NFL receiving yards than he had in his entire career at Alabama. Um, but he, he's a guy with one of these athletic profiles who, you know, might not have gotten it done at the collegiate level, but. When you go to a program like Alabama, like one of these thoroughbred blue blood programs, you get a, a little bit of extra shots. Um, now he's you know proving it. So um, and you learn how to play. It's basically you're, you're in an NFL program when yeah. you're at Alabama. You're, the you're the thing is, the, he's working with Brian Battle, uh, or and there, you know. They work together at Alabama too. So. Not only that, though, think about this. He's a guy who learned how to like work in like a professional program, but he's also the guy that wasn't given anything. So he's also got your work hard guy too, not the guy who's like acted like everything's been given to him on a silver platter all the way through. So yeah, because he wasn't really even on the, on the field playing too much when they were winning these championships, right? Yeah, great. That's because the guys coming out of Alabama Calvin Ridley next yeah. year as well are, are some dogs. <laughs> Crazy. Um, um, all right, so is there anyone, Josh Allen, you know, who knows, you, you're probably not uh, laying, laying your season uh, for the I have a buddy that, that did his championship that he was talking to me last week. He's like, we were talking about streaming options. And I said, well, you, you know, you might as well go with Josh Allen. I can't remember. It was like, it was like between like Mariota and somebody. I'm like, I would go with Josh Allen. At least he's giving you the rushing yards. He only got 16 yards, but he got the rushing touchdown. He's like, I got Josh Allen and I got the win. Oh my god! I'm like you son of a bitch. Everybody shat the bed for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it hasn't been pretty, but there's been some highlight plays, uh, and that rushing touchdown really saved his day over yeah. the last four weeks. He's, you know, depending on the scoring system you use, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy football. Uh, so there's absolutely some streaming potential with Josh Allen. Uh, the Patriots uh, allow the 10th most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. But in that, they also uh, allow quarterbacks to break off chunk yardage. Um, you know, they've allowed 245 yards on just 38 carries. Uh, the team right ahead of them, the Houston Texans, has allowed 255 on 53 carries. So there is some upside for um you know, Josh Allen as a rusher this week. The, the Patriots have allowed just one rushing touchdown on the season, uh, but I think they're going to have to sort of you know, go that route if they want to win, especially when you look at their running back situation um, and, and them being down LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory, and then they were down Marcus Murphy and Keith Ford and, and Patrick DeMarco. Like, they literally didn't have a running back healthy in that game towards the end. So, um, 
you know, I think you can count on you know some rushing yards from Josh Allen because they need him. Um, Robert Foster. Besides that, no one. All right, let's move over to the New England side. And and if you've been riding all of these New England guys all the way throughout the season, kind of been a little bit of a disappointment coming down the stretch here too, right? So, um, you know, once Rex Burkhead has gotten reinserted into this backfield, it's really kind of thrown a monkey wrench into uh, James White's production. Uh, Sonny Michelle is not necessarily getting as many touches as he was beforehand. Um, we're, we're seeing Gronkowski either be mostly a non-factor throughout most of, uh, of these games unless he has the touchdown. Uh, but, but for vast portions of the game, he goes just completely anonymous. Now maybe that's because he's getting double or triple teamed. Um, but again, then you just have the myriad of weapons that New England still has between Chris Hogan and, uh, and Josh Gordon and all these other guys that it's, it becomes so many mouths to feed that if you're hoping for one of those guys, this is one of those weeks where, and again, with Buffalo as a defense that kind of stymies things and slows things down, and I know that, that if you go history-wise, Brady has his most career touchdown passes and everything against Buffalo and, and all this, that, and the other thing, but... I just look at it right now, and, and it seems like everyone's given New England their best shot, and, and New England's having a, a bit of a trouble uh, lately with the counter punch. Yeah. Yeah, over the last five weeks, the Buffalo Bills have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points uh, in total. They are sixth, or they are third against opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they're still sort of crappy against opposing running backs at 24th in the league. Uh, 13th against opposing uh, wide receivers, first against opposing tight ends, along just 1.7 fantasy points a game. Um, so you really want to be rolling uh, if you look at it. I, I think so. The last three times the Patriots have played, their smallest margin of victory is 19 points. So I think they're going to get up. Sony Michelle, ride, ride, ride. Uh, I, I do think um, you know Josh Allen's going to provide you know some of these spark plays that will make it tough. But you know Bill Belichick still knows how to scream a scheme against uh, rookie signal callers. That's the one concern you know in the passing game. But they might not you know call all that many. He's been attempting you know twenty six to thirty passes a game as well. Um, so. It's a little confusing in terms of the pecking order at the you know wide receiver tight end position. I think you roll out Julian Edelman first. Uh, Josh Gordon likely to be shattered by Tre'Davious White on the outside. You know Gronk. We talked about how strong they've been against uh, opposing tight ends. I don't think you know. I, I think he's a top ten tight end option. Um, but it's just, it's just not, not the days of old where you can look at him and be like, oh, I have such an advantage over yeah. everybody else. Can that change in a week, though? Or is yeah. It, is of course it, it can. I'm going to change <laughs> but it's ago when he dominated power. against the Jets. Okay, and but when then, you're watching him, he, he's, he's got it somewhere there, you think. It's not that he's banged up or over the hill. I mean, I do think happening. he's banged up and over the hill. but And getting double and triple teamed. Yeah, there's just lots of factors that are going into his sort of you know, really down season. Demise. I mean, oh, think about nice. it. I, I, I've been watching because I, I 50% share of him in my leagues this year. And you watch him off the line, right? Because I'm always like, okay, where is he going? Is Brady looking that way? Is this going to be a pass toward Gronk? And 
he's he can make he he's still kind of shifty with some of his moves, but there is not that that breakaway speed that he had before, where he was creating a lot more separation from these linebackers. And I mean, he I, I don't know if he can bend anymore. I don't know. <laughs> that back is just oh, it's yeah, tremendously. Old. So I, I'm worried about it, but there's pro- like unless you have Ebron, Kittle, Travis Kelsey, um, you know Zach Ertz. Uh, you're rolling those guys over them. After that, it, it's just a toss-up. Even though you know Gronk usually pre- plays pretty well against you know Buffalo, as he seems to do in all division games. So you know, depending on your options. Um, Should we move on? Let's move on. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers at the New York Jets. But before we do that, how about you do us a favor? Did we do it kind of recently? Every twenty minutes so far. Was, was sex- <laughs> Was Sex Panther two two reasons well, let's, ago? Let's go, let's go one more, and then we'll give him a. Then we'll give okay, him. then we'll give you some. We're going to give you more of us. How about that? <laughs> uh, give me the ad. <laughs> uh, that's that's what we're going to do on this show on Christmas Eve. We'll just we'll just do nothing but ads. <laughs> Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. <laughs> Drink in this ad. Yeah. Hey, we're doing an ad, aren't we? No, I thought we were No, we're not? Okay, go ahead. What are you doing? I thought we were going to give him more of us. We're going to give him one more of us. Daisy's got me on the defensive. I'm sorry, I know the show's a little loud. I had to open the door and let Daisy out on the friggin' balcony because she's barking. and ah, We're having a good time. We're going to give you the goo, but we're also going to be a little sloppy and messy and... Have some, have some loud background shite. The usual when we get together. All right, well, how about Green Bay? So how about everyone that was rolling in their playoff matchup feeling so good with Aaron Jones, and then all of a sudden he goes out and it's Jamal Williams. That is me. That is also me. Also me. What, so he got put on the IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, MCL sprain. Probably, you know, if there was a season, they wouldn't have done that, but it's just they're out. So yeah. the uh, yeah. question is, is Aaron Rodgers going to play? He says he wants to play. The team wants him to play, uh, you know, get a, get a win here against the Jets and get some. But could you see the franchise being like, you know what, you're the highest paid player in the league. Um, it's been a weird season. Why risk it? And it's a road game too. I I don't think so. I think Rogers plays. Um, and if so, I think you know, Jamal Williams is a strong play. You know, Devontae Adams is locked in absolutely. Uh, I think you probably lock in Devontae Adams no matter who the quarterback is. But if you know Aaron Rodgers happens to be out, you play absolutely no one else. You play no Jimmy Graham, no uh, MVS, no uh, EQSB, no, <laughs> no RC, uh, JW. You could probably stick in just on volume alone. But... Uh, you know, what, last deciphering week, this at home. Good luck. Uh, I'm trying to decipher it in my head right now. Jamal, Jamal Williams <laughs> last week, 97 scrimmage yards and 55 you know rush yards and 42 receiving yards and a rush touchdown. You know, with Aaron Rodgers against the Jets, I do think he has decent shot to score uh, a rushing touchdown. Um, you know, the Jets are just sort of mediocre on defense uh, over the last you know five weeks. They are the 26th, uh, 26th, 26th, 26th Panther, 26th Panther, 26th 
Panther. Huh, huh. 26th ranked huh? defense overall, but they have allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. And you know what? I don't care. Because sort of when Jamal Williams is the only guy in the backfield like he was at points last year, you know, they give him the ball, 15 carries, they give him four, you know, passing targets. That volume alone usually gets him to, you know, 10, 12, 15 fantasy points. And he does have a little bit of touchdown upside if this offense can move the ball. And I do believe they should be able to move the ball as the Jets have allowed the 30th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks over the last five weeks and the 32nd are the most fantasy points against opposing wide receivers. So I just think they're going to put him in position to score, and he's got a shot. So if you're looking for a waiver wire option, you lost Aaron Jones, you lost Lamar Miller, you know, Jamal Williams is the number one over Kalen Balazs. Um, oh, in the waiver wires? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember who I put ahead of who. Let me double check. Because they're already in there. Oh, he's on the spot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't, you kind of order it. And no, no, it's, it's, I do it okay. for a reason. So it was, uh, no, Jamal was, was down lower. Uh, but it was more so me thinking that uh, I, I'm. Oh. How many people own Damian Williams? Right, because Damian Williams was still available and, and just over uh, was only owned in sixty eight percent. So he's under- and, and plus there was the uncertainty of Aaron Jones. Yeah. So you know, rethinking in your head right now, how would you rank Jamal? Is, is he number one or is Damian Williams, who might have Spencer Rare back, you know, as soon as this week? You know, it's one of those things that I would say right now it'd still be Damian Williams just based on the way that that offense rolls and because of the fact that, you know, even before Spencer Ware went down, he was getting a decent good share and being used around the goal line. So he's still the guy that I I would say in that high volume attack that you want to go with. But um, I would probably say Jamal Williams over Kalen Kalen Balage or Balage, however you want to say it. I'm going Balage like Balagio, so. you know, but again, it's, it's really dependent on if Aaron Rodgers is playing. If Aaron yeah. Rodgers is not, then no. Then then Williams goes down below Elijah McGuire, who we could talk about next too. Uh, I'd still probably have Williams over McGuire. I don't know. Close enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust anything about the Jets. Um, but you know, talking about Damian Williams really quick, I do think he could see more of a share after sort of a great performance. So even if Spencer Ware comes back, he might be the 40% in the 60-40 timeshare as opposed to how it was flipped before. But not only that, he's also the guy that you would rather have because of what he does as a receiver, whereas Spencer Ware is just basically that one-trick pony. So, um, you know, I think that it gives more the offense a lot more flexibility for Kansas City when it's Williams. Yeah. Um, so wrapping up the Packers, I, I don't think anybody else is trustable, uh, even if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. We haven't seen enough out of any of the receivers, um, you know, as of late. Let's flip over to the Jets so you can talk about your boy Elijah McGuire. Well, look, two weeks in a row, 70 yards uh, plus from scrimmage with a touchdown. So, you know, that coupled with the fact that we have the resurgence of Robbie Anderson. Yep. Robbie Anderson coming back and now he's had a touchdown each of the last was it two or three weeks. Uh, he had uh, 96 yards last week. Was it? I think it was like 12 targets or 11 targets. Uh, you had uh, he had 76 yards and a touchdown the week before. Uh, you can see that Darnold's finally starting to, to, to connect with him and that he's finally healthy. Uh, that was the big thing and. and 
of all of those receivers that are on the team. I mean, there's nobody else that I trust, right? Herndon's a guy that we've talked about, uh, you know, forever as a potential waiver wire guy at tight end, and he finally had, what, a decent week? I think he had, like, 43 yards. Um, but he just really hasn't been hitting that higher mark. But when they're going downfield right now over the last couple weeks, it's been Anderson, and Anderson's getting heavily targeted. I think it's, it's uh, over 20 targets in the last two weeks. That, to me, is enough. I look at McGuire, and I look at uh, you know what Tariq Cohen was able to do against the Packers a couple times that he played against them. You look at the, you know, they're not that great of a defense. They don't really have anyone that truly scares you. You can run the ball against them. And the fact that he is that dual threat, I think he's easily a chance to go over 70 yards from scrimmage. I don't doubt that at all. And he's, I'd say he's a 50-50 chance to put a, put a ball in the end zone against the Packers. I, I, I think that this is a Packers team that they gave their all against the Bears in that, in that effort. And, and now I think this is where it's done. They're broken. The season's over, and they just fold up shop. And it, they know Philbin's not. They're not playing for their future. They're on the road in New York. I mean, they don't really care what they got. Yeah, they don't have the coach that's not going to be their coach. Yeah. So there's not a lot there that, and especially if Rodgers is not there, you don't have that leadership, then the whole, the whole thing goes down. And, and it almost feels like that might be the reason why Rodgers, just knowing that he's got to just like keep the franchise and from, uh, from not going into tatters, we'll just play and just grit it. Uh, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. But um, Robbie Anderson, the one thing also that, that you mentioned, he had... He's left some points on the table over the last couple of leagues. I mean, he's a, I, I can think of two or three plays that I'm not going to say they're his fault. I'm not going to say that he dropped it. There were some tough plays. Darnold's making some missing some throws, but uh, those those connect. And uh, you're talking just ginormous games. So uh, you're definitely loving what you see from. Uh, from Robbie at the uh, at the closure of the season. Well, and, and as a dynasty owner, I, I'm a guy that has him at like it's like a ten dollar value. So next year he'll be at like fourteen dollars. It now makes me think, you know what? Well, maybe I need to hold on him for for that wide receiver depth because I have some other good buys that. You know, Absolutely. normally I wouldn't say I'll drop, but if he goes to the open market, I still feel in the open market he becomes he's still a value at, at, at a thirteen fourteen dollars that he's probably going to go seventeen to twenty five. Absolutely. Agreed. And I'll say, uh, baby. Do with us, Ron. What do you think? It's terrible. She has beautiful eyes and her hair smells like cinnamon. Mm hmm. Loud noises. Let's go to the next game. Were we going to do an ad here? Yes. Okay. Let's do an ad. I'm allowed to. My guy's got got my back here. Houston Texans come back to keep the uh, get a 10-4 record in that last one against the Jets that we were just talking about. Going to the Eagles under uh, the Nick Foles guiding um, guided in the backfield, whatever under center uh, looked pretty fucking good. Um, God, that looked pretty good. Uh, it's, you know, big big win against. He waits till December to play good football. I guess so. <laughs> um, we'll start with the Texans. Uh, let's start with Sean Watson. Yeah, is this a good. Is are the Eagles' defense going to be as good as they looked um, the other day against uh, the Rams? Is this uh, Texans going to come up, or is it going to be uh, you know kind of a, a highest scoring game, and uh, one of these teams is going to pull it out? What do you think about Watson? I think it's going to be some points on the board. Uh, you know. The Texans have just played well, and you know, no Lamar Miller potentially. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he plays, um, but he's been consistent as they come, minus that injury last week. They did say it was minor, so they did think that he might be able to go this week. Yeah. This early in the week. It's interesting, because he's a guy on the cusp of breaking a 1,000 yards yeah. rushing. Um, and if he plays, I, I do think there's a spot to play him. Um, the, the Eagles defense was able to create some pressure last week. Fletcher Cox you know, played really, really well and was just strong-arming people into the backfield. Uh, that was good to see, but Deshaun Watson, I, I think he's going to have a pretty nice day against a still no-name cast of characters in the secondary. He just needs to get a little protection from his line. Um, you know, against the Jets, uh, recently put up 22 of 28 for 294 and, and no INTs. Um, and all you got to say is, uh, of course, on DeAndre Hopkins, who, who gave anyone who owned him a mic drop week last week. Yeah. Yeah. 170 playing, and two tutties. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing DeAndre. You're playing he scored almost as much as half of my, over half the points of my entire team last week. Yeah. That whole, both Watson as well, both those guys, that last drive that they went and they, they came back and got that touchdown, there was just a lot of yards and points scored for Watson and, um, and Hopkins in that last drive. Owners were just like, me, I, US. People that are playing up against them, Watson already had a good game, but like, uh, I mean, uh, um, Hopkins had already had a good game, but Watson kind of just like threw up like 80 yards, got a touchdown, and basically got close to 300 yards. If you're if you're playing them, you were like, oh, I can deal with this, Watson. And then you're like, one fucking driver. Like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, I think you're rolling Watson. I think you're rolling Hopkins if Lamar Miller is healthy enough to go. Uh, you're probably rolling him as a consistent RB2 if you survived his week last week. Um, if not, you, you know, Alfred Blue is going to be an interesting volume pickup. Uh, you know, they do have Dante Foreman sort of waiting. I, I don't know if he's actually going to end up playing in game this year, though. Um, I, I almost think that I feel like they're souring on him overall. They don't feel like he has that. A trustability factor to be able to give the ball to. I mean, look, he's been off injured uh, ever since he's come into the league. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you could trust Demarius Thomas or Kiki Kuti. Should he be healthy enough to play? I don't think you could trust either of those guys. I think they may just be you know, being a little bit precautionary with Kuti as he could be a weapon come playoff time. And that's the other problem that you have, too. You can't know which if you're going to play one of these tight ends, which one are you going to play? You're going to play Griffin. You're going to play Jordan Thomas. Um, it, from week to week, you don't know, and they just don't get high enough volume to, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, Should we go to the Eagles? Yeah, let's go to the Eagles. Nick Foles, I mean, I, I don't think he's a fantasy starter. Uh, I still think he's in that QB2 range. Uh, with a bunch of these other guys. Um, well, let me, let me ask you the, the main question. I think people that are Eagles owner, fan, uh, some owners here, who have Josh Adams, right, who they picked up later in the season, who they've been rolling with, he left that game twice and uh, had to keep coming in and coming out. All of a sudden, we see Wendell Smallwood come in and be hyper-effective, right? Is this a situation where... You know, and again, we're Philadelphia sitting here at seven and seven. This is their backs against the wall. They have to win out in order to have any hope of, of making the playoffs. Um, does Smallwood 
hurt you if you have Josh Adams, and if you have Josh Adams, should you maybe be looking to go somewhere else with your running back situation, even though you've been riding him up until this point? I, I, it just so happened that Josh Adams really wasn't effective last week. Uh, he averaged just 1.9 yards per carry, but did have 15 carries in that game. Mm-hmm. But Smallwood brings that versatility, and with no Corey Clement, um, he's a guy who can both you know, be a receiver out of the backfield, catch it a little bit, and run. So I think it just provides another dimension. But they were really still riding Josh Adams over Corey Clements. And they, so I think that's something that's likely to continue. Uh, we got a little bit better matchup for him here against the Texans. A little but, bit of Sproles, too. I think I liked what we saw out of Sproles that maybe gives him a couple more opportunities. Well, that's the other problem is that, so that I'm worried for Josh Adams. For the people yeah. that have been able to get the production they've gotten out of him up until this point for the last four or five weeks, I don't know that it's there with him getting a little bit dinged up. The fact that you have Wendell Smallwood doing what he did and being as effective as he was last week. Also, the fact that Darren Sproles is finally back and here's a veteran presence that you know is trusted by the coaching staff. So maybe that gets him on the field more than a rookie in these high-impact uh, situations. So that's what I'm just I, – I'm, I'm fearful if I, I, you know, if I was a Josh Adams owner, I would hope that maybe I have a better option – you know, because I'm going to be crossing my fingers the whole game going, are they going to pull him for somebody else because he doesn't catch the ball either. Yeah, uh, and that's the main concern, especially when the Houston Texans have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs over the last five weeks. So there is some concerns with Josh Adams, and it's going to depend on you know other options and roster construction because I do think he has you know some touchdown upside, and he seems to be their preferred guy at the goal line when he's healthy. On that drive. On that drive. Yes, what is it, Frank? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants. With the pants. Party with pants. Brick, are you saying that there's a party in your pants and that I'm invited? That's it. That's it. That's it. You got it. Sort of like Cam Newton said playing in that game last night. That's it. Jesus. He was awful. Um, We good there? Let's move on to Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Let's start with the Falcons. Um, By the way, can we just say that at the beginning of the year, for the first four or five games of of the season, we're like, wow, the mighty NFC South... They might get three teams uh, into the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only because they have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it is the best team in the uh, NFC right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I got to say, Matt Ryan, if you can believe it, he's the number two quarterback behind Mahomes. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 30 touchdowns, six interceptions. Already over 4,300 yards, having a season that's pretty comparable to his, you know, near MVP season. Near MVP season, um, you know, the defense just wasn't able to get it done this year. They're on 27 points a game, and they're scoring 25 points a game. Um, you know, Town Coleman, he's a guy who really showed up last week, and he didn't look trustable uh, going in. You know, the, the touches just weren't going his way. 
but he has a career-high 971 scrimmage yards on the season. It was a career-high 145 rushing yards. Um, had 125 scrimmage yards the last time two, these two teams met up. Um, I, I think now with Edo Smith on IR, um, you know, they've got Brian Hill and Jeremy Lankford who aren't scaring anybody. I, I definitely think that the Falcons are going to ride Tevin Coleman, uh, especially with an upcoming you know free agent you know year coming. Uh, they're going to ride him a little bit, maybe see if he's either worth resigning or ride him to the wheels, fall off for somebody else. You know, I just want to make a quick point about uh, Matt Ryan and how impressive uh, what he's done this year is. Think about it. He's done it without Devonta Freeman, who would have given him most likely about 700 or 800 receiving yards. So you took that that cog out of his offense and he's still... Uh, putting up these numbers. Now, uh, granted, uh, it's a huge thing for him uh, having the addition of Calvin Ridley next to Julio Jones, uh, finally going back to when they had Roddy White and and Julio that you had uh, a tandem like that. So um, I I think that that opens things up. What do you think, though, for this week? Because, look, I mean, Carolina, uh, did they put everything out there last week, yesterday, that we watched, the great game that they lost? that it's kind of like now it becomes the letdown and that it's, you know, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs and um, um, or is it going to be let's stick it to Atlanta, team got to come out of the dome, don't, doesn't play the same way when they're on the road. I think it's going to be that way at an NFL level. Um, they're going to they're gonna show some heart and uh, play for Riverboat and I think they're pretty pissed off the way that that went, but uh, you know Cam's not himself at the moment, and I think at a fantasy level, um, you know there's really one, there's one guy, there's one guy, there's one guy there. So um, well, I'm, talking I, about, I'm talking about for Atlanta, like obviously Julio, you started, but it's just like a game where Calvin Ridley's gonna be able, like okay. this I thought is you were talking about uh, Carolina. No, no, no. So what I'm saying is that is that Carolina put everything out there to try to stop the Saints. I that now this becomes the letdown game, the complete buckling, like I was gotcha. talking about with the Green gotcha. Bay. Gotcha. Uh, you know, again on the road, you, there's no reason. You know, if you just, I think it's going to be tough though for for Atlanta. Yeah. They're already, especially because the news today, they're already talking about. They're basically, who knows where there's smoke, there's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Sarkeesian and the deep defensive coordinator basically said they're moving on. Um, it, it, Likelihood that they're moving on from them. Whenever this stuff starts happening, it goes back to what we're talking about with Philbin and the Green Bay Packers. It's like no one wants to get hurt. Like everyone wants. You're not at home. It's like it's. I don't know. It's just sometimes you. The, 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 you're not playing the, the gut check. The gut check. There's. It's kind of like it's more of a checked out. Yeah. Um, you don't get hurt. My thought is Cam Newton might end up sitting here for the Carolina Panthers. I think the defense will then just rally. It's like, oh, well, we don't, we're not going to have much offense today, boys. And we saw sort of them rally behind Keekly and you know, Davis. They were awesome. Yeah, they were great. Those guys were great. They were on the so, field. Green so was amazing. Long. They were on the field for so long and uh, still getting it done. Exactly. So I think we could see another you know, come-together type of moment from this defense. 
because I, I still think they are a pretty good unit, even though they've gotten beat up at times this season. They've got some pieces, you know, going forward that are you know really really good pieces on this defense. So I think they want to you know prove that hey, you got to keep us together here. Uh, we we've got some talent. We just need a couple things to go right on offense, and we'll click. So I, I think that's going to be it, it, it is going to be a tough game for Atlanta. But Julio typically eats the Carolina Panthers alive. Um, you know, Julio six catches for eighty-two yards last time these two teams played. Um, you know. He had six catches for 118 the last time they played at Carolina. His 300-yard game came against Carolina. <laughs> like, you're starting Julio. I think you're starting Tevin. I think you're starting Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think you should be reaching into the streaming options if you're a Ryan owner with what he's done this season. And it hasn't always looked pretty. There's there's games where he's entering you know halftime with three or four fantasy points and you know he's putting up 20 spots after halftime so and I also got to interrupt you but I also really like playing against a team that just got their 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 playoff hopes broken the week before that letdown is just so much easier the Falcons have already been out of it for a couple weeks so they're just kind of you know trying to finish out the stretch and just Let's let's build some momentum toward next year, um, you know. And, and I find like those teams that are just trying to get better that have already recognized that they're out. And these last two weeks of the year tend to do better than those teams that just get eliminated. And now it's really just pride that you're playing for. But it's hard to get up when you were like, man, we have a chance to make the playoffs, and now it's yeah. well, we have a chance to play two more games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um... You know, looking at the other options, can can you roll with Calvin Ridley? I mean, so inconsistently. It's like the it, it, only way it would be as a, a deep wide receiver three. If it's like a fourteen team league or something, uh, yeah. usually twelve team. Over the last five, yeah, over the last five weeks, Calvin Ridley is wide receiver fifty. Dirt. Um, he's got thirty three targets, twenty receptions, one hundred and ninety nine yards, and one touchdown. And a majority of that, you know, came back at week 12 against New Orleans. Um, you know, you I think you could do better. Yeah. I don't think you could trust yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Austin Hooper put up a goose egg, um, but he had a touchdown shot uh, that looked like was real close to converting it. It just didn't work out. Um, he's in that back end, tight end one range, like a lot of these other guys we talk about. Um, you know, a little bit better in PPR. Uh-huh. Now, that, that's it for Atlanta. Let's flip over to the other side. Let's flip over to Carolina. It is sort of, um, you know, it, it's going to depend on if Cam Newton's playing for the passing game for me. Um, I don't know if it helps or it hurts, though, because a healthy Derek Anderson throwing the ball is probably better than Cam Newton. They're probably going to get it out of his hands quick to DJ Moore, who you know, wasn't all that effective Monday night, didn't get a large number of opportunities, was really just stifled. Um, I, I Had think, a huge fumble that basically gave the, gave the, took the breath out of their lungs right when he thought they could have made something happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, 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 I look at it though too. Again, now that you're six and eight, now that you're out of it, right? Especially if it is Derek Anderson. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is, is ridiculous and all world, and, and that's great. But the thing that you, that I think that you don't have to worry about, where you're talking about the, those letdowns, there's at least a couple guys here that are rookies or second year guys that have a lot to prove. 
Uh, and that's where Derek Anderson maybe starting becomes a better situation because Cam maybe is just shutting it down and being like, I just want to go through the motions. Where Anderson's like, let's, I gotta maybe get myself one more backup gig job <laughs> if I can. Greatest job right? in the world. <laughs> and, and and throw a lot to DJ Moore and to Curtis Samuel. Let's see what these guys can do. Curtis Samuel was a guy who had just become so fantasy relevant and then just disappeared uh, in this matchup uh, last night and has potential. And these are guys that they need to know. Are these are building blocks going forward? Do you know? Because Devin Funches, as we keep talking about, just keeps moving further and further down as far as any, does, any type of explosiveness that they have. And you know that they're going to have to add a tight end because Greg Olson's coming to the end of his time. So there's going to be change, but they need to know for certain. Are we set with having more and Samuel as two of our guys? More, you know, Samuel we, that slot X other factor to go along with Christian McCaffrey. Can we take it a step further? I mean, obviously, don't want to hit the panic button too much, <clears throat> and I know he signed, but I mean, can you be thinking at this point if you're the Panthers that Cam Newton? Are you pumped with Cam Newton as your quarterback moving forward? As he got older, as he's gotten beaten up a little bit from all that running, and just knowing that. Let's be honest. What I don't know what season he's in. It's got to be his seventh or maybe eighth season. The guy sucks at throwing the ball. He just does. He's just not. He's I think not he's a not good healthy. thrower. He's not healthy. I I I, I honestly, know it didn't look right. You know last what? Night, he, so I, I honestly think his shoulder is all messed up or something's going on. No, his shoulder is messed up. I mean, so it, it, they looked off. Every ball. So, was so I think weird. it's one of those things where you know he's. You're trying to stay in a playoff hunt, so he's been playing through pain and, and doing all of this. All right. Uh, you know, so give him a chance to get healthy. And the other thing is, too, he's never really had any wide receiver weapons to throw the ball to since he's been the quarterback there. Even when he put up the 4,500 yards in the 45 touchdown season, who was he they throwing had, the ball to? They had Steve Smith, but the egos moved him out of town. I know he was. So, so but this point, is. But. So, yeah, but this is, this is my point uh, is that. I look at it as if Cam is healthy and you come back next year and you have these different weapons that you're going to be able to add to his uh, passing game, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I think they need to prove it, but I don't know if uh, you know Cam is going to be the main component in that. Um, it, people in sports talk radio are already talking about Cam Newton's, you know, um, you know, maybe if he becomes available or they have to find a way to move on. So it's going to be interesting, especially, you know, as quarterbacks age, uh, especially the rushing ones, they need to find another part of their game. But don't you think he has that? Because, number one, he has the size and the ability to stand in there like Roethlisberger and shake guys off and extend plays without having to necessarily run. And if he has players who when plays break down, which I think he does with a, a Samuel and a McCaffrey and a DJ Moore, that can make things happen, it can open things up for him to be successful as more of a pocket passer than to be that guy that you look at as to be the runner. I mean, we've, we've seen this season, he's already set a career high in completion percentage earlier in the <coughs> year. You know, uh, you know, the completion numbers looked great. They were getting the ball out of his hands, two playmakers in space. They were running more screens. Um, and I think that's something that's going to have to continue for this offense going forward. Um, you know, uh, but he's going to have to develop that second part of his career. Um, he's going to have to develop the new part of his game. He's going to have to reshape it to be the quarterback going forward. But uh, you know, locking in Christian McCaffrey, who's still on pace, 
to break Matt Forte's single season reception record. We'll see if that's something they make a point to get to him over these next two weeks, which would sort of be nice for me because uh, I need him. <laughs> We had, uh, in, in the league, sorry to bring up leagues, but whatever. These kind of anecdotal stories are good. Uh, one guy last night had um, Drew Brees, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, McCaffrey uh, going against, uh, th- this is to get into the championship. And the other guy, uh, I don't know, and he, and he had uh, Lutz okay. uh, the kicker, and he was down 55. Uh, and he ended up losing by five points. Yeah. Breeze, all they had to do was get one touch, have one touchdown, or like that fumble, the, the fumble that happened from on the one yard this line, where it went, and so then all of a sudden the first two plays after that, McCaffrey getting those dump downs for about thirty five yards. It was just like those guys were just like sitting there, probably one in Denver and one here in Chicago, just flipping out. This was a crazy, crazy. It was a crazy week, right? Because Mahomes, what did he do? He didn't give you the numbers that he'd been giving you all year that that dominated you for victory. How about Saquon Barkley? Barkley didn't get it done for you like he had been getting it done. Adam Thielen didn't get it done like he'd been getting it done for you. Uh, Amari Cooper, who had been putting out the numbers, didn't get it done for you like he'd been doing it for you. Andrew Luck didn't do it. There's just so many guys last week. Then then the injuries of Keenan Allen and 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 Lamar Miller and, you know, uh, Aaron Aaron Jones, right. So many things. So it's like these championships or semifinal matchups in, in my leagues, we only had uh, there was, nobody scored over 100 points. It was, it was, it was by like far the lowest score in the season. Yeah, it was like 76 to 66 was my game. Uh, the other game was uh, 67 to uh, to like 84. It was like, the, and and the week before, you know, my team that put up 66 put up 152, and the guy that scored 76 on me had 150 last week. So go figure. 76 beat you. Wow. Um, all right, no, it was crazy, crazy week. Uh, I don't, I kind of hope it's like that again this week um, in the championship, but not for my team. Well, let's 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 go to the next game. We got the Giants yeah. at the uh, Colts. We just mentioned, I just mentioned Saquon Barkley. Uh, is Barkley due to bounce back from his game, or is this going to be? Uh, and is Luck going to bounce back? This is an interesting one because Barkley Wall. Rookie Wall for Sparkly? I don't know that I call it Rookie Wall. I'm asking. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he could be. I think he's too extreme of a talent. Do you think it's a Rookie Wall hitting for him? I'm done with the Rookie Wall thing. I tried it with Ezekiel Elliott. It didn't work. The guy just continued to be a beast. So. I mean, it was just shit offensive play by the Giants. Uh, you know, Saquon you know, just didn't hit one of those big plays that he normally does. and Or he usually does it early, too. So tough defense the, too in Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee's but he always gets done. Got like the first drive or two, Saquon's right out of the gates, and then the defense like, ah, fuck, we don't know how to defend this guy. Well, and how about the Bear game? Yeah. The Bears shut him down for the first about like quarter and a half until like the last couple plays of the first half, and all of a sudden he had seventy yards, and then he gets one drive, and all of a sudden he's got one hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, he can get it done quickly. Yeah, I mean he he's a boomer bust runner, and they got a lot of penetration. Uh, he got taken down in the backfield, and that's why it didn't just work out. And you know, Eli Manning was flat out bad in that game. And you know, he might throw for four thousand yards this season, but it's going to be empty. Uh, the touchdowns just weren't there for him. Odell Beckham has missed the last two weeks with a you know leg injury, contusion, whatever you want to call it. 
He just hasn't been there. And he's, um, he, he's, he's out for this one. We don't know. No, you're, you're going to have to monitor. You know what? Do you think that he's going to risk anything right now? Uh, I, I, my my, uh, got a thousand my magic yards. eight ball says all signs point to don't think so. Got his thousand yards. He's like, yeah, I think I just made up a that's... response for the eight ball. Doesn't like say it. don't think so. All signs point to no. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Odell Beckham is going to be out there if he's healthy enough. So it. I really don't think he cares anymore about. Uh, he's getting his, he's getting his money. He he wants a new quarterback. I think he wants this season to be over with, so he can go down to Miami Beach. And be I hate to play. say it. I mean, he's I, already. I, I, I agree. Just on the season. He's already the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He's got nothing left to prove there. So I just don't think he wants to get hurt. But we'll see. Let's let's monitor it. I mean, he already uh, got hurt, so now he's just coming back to, to potentially what you know expect, extend his. 1,200-yard streak because he's already over 1,000 for the season. I think if their Odell plays, he's going to play really well, uh, you know, per usual. Um, the Colts, uh, they have been a extremely tough defense over the last five weeks. They are allowing the second-fewest fantasy points in the league. They are top five against quarterbacks. They are top six against running backs. They are the number one defense against wide receivers. They can be beaten up by opposing tight ends, but then they're great against opposing defensive uh, defensive teams and kickers. So, you know, you could really look at it and, and think that if Odell's out, it's going to be tough for all these guys. Um, it's going to be tough for all these guys, but I, I think you're rolling Saquon if you own him. No shit. I think you're rolling Odell if he's out there. If Odell is out... Uh, Evan Ingram becomes a probably top five, top seven tight end target, and even if he's in there, I think he's a you know top you know ten option with with how the Colts have defended the tight end position on the season. Yeah, uh, 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 agreed. Should we move over to the Colts side on the offense? Yeah, let's go to the Colts. Let's let you let's let you bitch slap uh, our boy Andrew Luck. Well, I'm gonna say what he might get bitch slapped again this week. The Giants are actually pretty good against quarterbacks. They're a top ten defense uh, fantasy points allowed against quarterbacks. This could be another one of those uh, continuation of what we saw last week, where it becomes more of the Marlon Mack show. Uh, you talk about where uh, has the New York Giants defense been able to be exploitable? It's been through the running backs. So, especially since they traded Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions, uh, no team has allowed more rushing yards uh, per carry since that point. So you want uh, all the Marlon Mack in your lineups if, if he. If you're ballsy enough to slot him in there last week, you want to keep riding that hot hand. You're riding the hot hand of T.Y. Hilton as well, um, despite you know the Giants being pretty good against opposing wide receivers. The Giants, they they don't have you know a great secondary or shutdown corner. They've just been able to you know play well and balanced on on the defensive side of the ball. So. Um, you know, it's lacking. I do think the best area to attack the Giants is still with the tight end. So if you're rolling with Eric Ebron um, and you survived his, you know, zero, depending on what kind of fractional scoring you play in, um, uh, if you survived that, you know, roll them out there against the Giants. Roll them up. Roll them up. Uh, roll them up. Uh, the dude. I love it. 
like it. Well, Dad, we went from I like the dead. God damn it, they're coming to the ring. I know. Twice I'm, I'm going. I'm You're going. Just this the last tour or some shit. I've gone to like How many every, years no, have they been yeah. saying that? I've been no, no. I was at the last official dead show, oh, so was which was at Soldier Field, which was with also Philip Lesh and. Uh, Kreutzmann uh, yeah. and, and uh, oh the fair the well yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah then this is Dead and Company yeah they which is uh, what's it it's, it's Mickey Mick. it's Bob Weir and it's uh, John Mayer Mayer with Hotel Burbridge and uh, is there anyone else they do they do a good job yeah they all change it up they've got all these different incarnations of it they're never calling themselves the Grateful Dead. No, but the Denton Company now has been the thing now for like four or five years. For sure. Because Bob Weir had a whole bunch of different ones that he used to have. Uh, from yeah, like Rat the Aces Dog. and Red Dog and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all these like, like other bands. Print the money. Bob, you know, Bob's just like, God, that guy's got He's got to be nearing a bill, right? Uh, I would have, you know what it's if, crazy? If Jerry Garcia never dies, they, he'd be the richest. They made rock, so much uh, money in the era because they were touring all the time that made all that money on touring, but they didn't. It's not like they have number one albums and, and records that are being played all the, the time. And they let everybody buy uh, or you know record all of their yeah. shows or whatever, so they encouraged the, the bootleggers. So so with all with all of that, they weren't making any money uh, off of their stuff. So it's not like they had the licensing and things that uh, some of these other guys have uh, and all of the residuals, like the Friends people making their Friends money on all the <laughs> shows being played over Fucking and over and over money. again. <laughs> Fucking Give me some Friends money. I mean, shit, I'll take like uh, Last Man Standing money or, uh, you know, like any of that shit. Give it to me. Alright, should we go to the next game? Or we, or do we need anything else on tight ends or anything with these guys? Uh, so tight ends, I think you're rolling the Eric Ebron. I think we got that part. So let's move on to the next one. Alright, we got Jacksonville at Miami. So here's another situation where we really don't have a lot of fantasy-relevant players to talk about. Uh, so why don't you quickly just run through who's viable on Jacksonville, and then we're going to have more of a, a, a more interesting discussion, at least about Calum Ballage and, and what they got going on there in Miami. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is probably the most interesting play here if he plays. Uh, I'm sort of worried about them holding him out with nothing else to play for at, at this point in the season, battling injuries. Uh, it might just be time to you know, roll with Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon and sort of justify this crazy pick you traded away for Carlos Hyde for reasons unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Um, but besides that, you know, maybe D.D. Westbrook. I just don't trust this offense to you know, pass the ball enough. Cody Kessler looked extremely awful last week, and the only way that – you know, Westbrook was able to save his day as a, you know, doing it all himself on a punt return. And the other thing too, with, with like Westbrook or any of these guys, like that you're trying to look at, they they're guys that have been like on and off the waiver wire throughout the year because they show up and then they disappear. They show up and they disappear. They show up and they disappear. They are old school fringe wide receivers. And again, with the fact that you know you're you're more run centric, you're not throwing for two more than 200 yards, 220 in the game. It's not enough to go around. So let's move over and you know Balage, who we were talking about earlier, is it Balage? I don't know, uh, Balagio. Um, Frank Gore is done now for the year. Uh, so this is where the door opened up, and I think everybody really thought it was going to be Kenyon Drake. 
Uh, but they really like what they got out of, out of Ballage and showed you, uh, the, you know, the big playability with the 75-yard run. Also showed some, some decent consistency out there. And it seems clear that they want to give him more of those uh, bulk carries than they do Kenyon Drake. Yeah, they don't want to give Kenyon Drake carries at all. He had just one carry against Minnesota. Over the last four weeks, he's had just 22. So he's averaging five carries a game. Before that, he was keeping it boosted with four rushing, t- uh, four touchdown total touchdowns in his last three games, three of them of the receiving variety. Um they didn't, how, reward, how, they didn't want to reward him after the Miami miracle. How long until the Patriots sign Kenyon Drake and he just blows up as a receiver? Who signs him? The Patriots. Because they, they, well, they use In the d- rest d- of their division as a complete uh, uh, mining squad. field for, for how they're going to uh, build their teams going forward, a.k.a. Wes Walker and everybody else that they've done. Yeah. Danny Woodhead and the likes. I mean... He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after next season, so that's... Won't surprise me. It really uh, but Well, it would in this situation because they don't have room for him there right now, do they? I, I know, but you know, maybe as James White gets a little older than there, it's like, oh, well, we don't really want to pay him a bunch of money. Let's, uh, let's see what the straight guy's got for half the money. It's true. <laughs> you know how the Patriots do things. Yeah, but Miami's going to be in an inter- interesting predicament themselves. You know, they've got an old quarterback who's, <coughs> you know, they're still waiting to be even league average. Um, Is Tannehill old? He's not old, but he's he's he's, he's, he's aging. He's, he's aging worn. and not progressing. Can we say, how about worn? I mean. The trend is worn on this guy. Once that- you hit 30. You're old if you're not good. Yeah, if you're not good. Okay. <laughs> I like that qualifier. No, I'll take that qualifier. If you have not distinguished yourself by 29, by the time you're 30, you're old. I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm fine with that. Good, good, good point. Good point. We'll take uh, that to the bank. But yeah. He's 30 already, though. Balage is a guy that you know you should be excited for. He's you know a big dude at 223 pounds who can move. Uh, he's got speed. He's just an inconsistent player. We sort of saw that in the game. He broke off a 72-yarder, and then after that, you know, uh, his other 10 carries were what 36 yards right. uh, total. So um, he was a guy that back in the uh, even in, in the spring, even he in was Arizona basically State. like he was good. NFL. Adonis, body and combine darling, just going to be a total stud, but he, he might be more of a weight room and just kind of a gifted uh, yeah. athlete than he is a football player. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, he doesn't have the greatest vision, but he's prone to some big plays and prone to some you know, big games, which makes him sort of intriguing. Although Jacksonville you know, shut down... Uh, Adrian Peterson last week and had been pretty good against opposing running backs and you know just two two or three weeks ago held uh, you know the Colts to no points. So the Jaguars on defense are still pretty good. Um, you can't completely write them off, but so uh, can you buy into Kenny Stills and his little bit of a resurgence that he's had here in the last couple of weeks? Um, I, I, I believe in. I would. If I had to put a, a trust in Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker, I'm going to put more of it into Kenny Stills than I am and, and As you should. I mean, Devontae Parker put up a solid goose egg last year. Solid, though. Solid. Um, you know, Gold. Nothing if one's spectacular. Um, Stills, though. Twins in there. 
You know, <laughs> two goose eggs. He's averaging 50 receiving yards a game. He's last week it was just three targets, caught one for 17. So it, it's still the boomer bust Kenny Sills that he always sort of has been. Um, and he's got a little bit of touchdown upside, but uh, this is shaping up to be Kenny Sills' pretty much worst season since his first season in Miami. Crazy. So, you know, we thought he'd be a guy who could see a lot of targets there. He started out hot. He did. started out hot, you know, maybe ending hot, but uh, the middle of the season. He reminded he reminded you with the flashes of Kenny Britt of old. Oh. Oh, man. First two weeks of three weeks. I'm going to have the best year of ever. Oh, he's hurt. And then he comes back. Uh, and he's nothing. Good story, though. Kenny Britt. Did do something uh, special uh, during those fire, those uh, the fires over at uh, campfire or whatever. Um, wow, he, oh, he, he helped he helped save a next door neighbor's house from getting burnt down by grabbing literally pails of water and putting out the fire. Good, for good Kenny story, Kenny nice. yeah, Brett. Kenny All right, Brett. <laughs> let's move over to the next game. Before we do so, I'm gonna do. We're gonna do an ad. Then we're going to do a bad Rick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love the lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. And now we will go to the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, starting with the Rams. Little bit of a two-game losing streak. Let's start with Goff. Obviously, it's been a different Goff uh, that we've seen over the past couple weeks, maybe three weeks. Um, are you worried about that? Let's just talk football. And for this team, who's pretty much everyone thought was a juggernaut and was going to be walking away with a Super Bowl title uh, about by about week nine or week ten, and uh, things have changed. Are you worried about him at all long term? Is it just a rough patch? Uh, are the teams finding the chink is in his armor? I, I think that there are. You're getting more tape on them. You're, you're you're getting a little bit more chinks in the armor. You don't have the Cooper Cup anymore. Um, you're also now, as far as if you're looking at the gaudy numbers that they were putting up before, uh, even in this loss, at least they got smarter than they were in the loss against the Bears, and they got Todd Gurley involved into the game. You know, um, this is a guy. If you're going to make a strong run through the playoffs, it better be Gurley who you're running your offense through and setting things up because of how dominant he can be just as a runner or just as a guy that you flip the ball to uh, as a short passing game. Give him those looks to, to open up things for your other guys. And that's the other problem, too, is that, you know, Robert Woods, we know, is not a dominator. They don't really have – Brandon Cooks is a dominant type of a receiver, but he's not – that body build size that you could just dominantly throw him the ball five, six plays in a yeah. row and just exploit that all the way down the field. Kind of like No, it's not like Mike Evans where you could do that in the same draft class, that situation. Yeah, yeah. So that to me means that, okay, they're trying to kind of get a little bit more creative. And I think that the Bears game exposed some things in their offense that the Jets kind of capitalized, or not the Jets, the Eagles kind of capitalized on uh, last week and how they were attacking them. And, and so now it's on McVay, make the adjustment. And I, and I do believe that McVay is going to be able to make the adjustment. And against the Cardinals team that is struggling, that, that this is a, a good opportunity to get yourself right on the road and, and re, redirect your ship toward the playoffs with a positive momentum. Yeah. 
The cards are still pretty good on defense. They're god-fucking-awful on offense. God-awful. They're, like, worse than the Buffalo Bills. Maybe half as... They're half as good as the Buffalo Bills. They're as good, no, no. They were as good as the Buffalo Bills when the Buffalo Bills were starting Nathan Peterman. Okay. Okay? Uh, not with Josh Allen. They're not nearly as good as the Buffalo Bills. Apples. Come on, now. Right. Exactly. I like that. I mean, Josh Rosen in his career has more pick six than Nathan Peterman. <laughs> nice. And Peterman's got more pick sixes than he does touchdown passes. I think. <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> See, it's good at the end of the year. <laughs> wow, it was really fun. It was play, playing against Rosen last week, and he got a negative one. Oh. One up. Oh. Wow, my rookie league. Wow, oh, my league. Scored, nine, yeah, scored up like a night twenty-three, I think. I was like. Rose might do all right here. He's sort of trash, but so is Atlanta. <laughs> Negative one. I was just loving that game. So, Jared Goff, last time these two teams met up, 354, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Todd Gurley, you're, you're fucking starting him. Well, I'm not going to talk about him. But, but uh, one thing to talk about, you know, obviously he got banged up in that game. He, he came back, came back in. He's got inflammation today. They said he's got swelling in his knee. Again, this is a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations. You're playing against the fucking Arizona Cardinals. Is there a good chance that if his knee does not respond well this week, that you've got the the number one fantasy score, the number one fantasy running back? Everybody else's number one fantasy running back has been out, so why not Todd Gurley? Yeah, Yeah. here's here's the interesting fact. Maybe they do. If they do hold him out, it sucks for you, right? Um, does it suck more, to it, or does it suck less? Because it, would you rather just not know, know that he's not playing, or that he's going to be out there, maybe only give you six, exactly. seven plays, and then and then be taken out? Especially if you are able to jump out against him, and probably then if he's not at a hundred percent, not really implementing the girly game plan that I was talking about how they did last week, you know, um, against the Eagles. Something to keep an eye on. Obviously, if he's playing and they're saying all week, hey, he's dealing with something, he's a gamer, we'll do it. You're starting him, everything's going to be fine. You should own the handcuff, though. You should own John Kelly, although they did go out and sign you know, C.J. Anderson today, which maybe makes you even a little bit more worthy for Gurley. Uh, if you have your Tuesday night, you know, Wednesday night waivers, you know, John Kelly after these other guys uh, we talked about, after Balazs and after Jamal Williams. I'll John throw Kelly him in there tomorrow as, as four Gurley owners. But it could also be for, for Gurley owners or screw Gurley owners. Yeah. Right? If you're going against yeah. them, take away that potential for That's him no to, to get that back. If you're playing Gurley yeah. in this, take, take the rug out from underneath that, yeah. that owner and just when he's like, oh, he's out? And he goes and thinks, oh, I'll get his backup. And they're already gone. Like, well, the I'm also a guy team. who has Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I do too. So 12 I, targets last week, only five catches. Back. I might pick up John Kelly because, you know, this is a 3 o'clock game. So you're not going to know by the early slate, you know. But maybe I put, you know, Josh Reynolds in my flex spot. And then suddenly Gurley's out and I'm suddenly rolling Yes. Um, oh, there you go. Smart, because you could replace him because they're on the same team. Very, at the same time. very, very way to go. Good, you know what, good, I, you good, know what good, smart good, that is? It's so smart that you should have a Putting in my waiver clean now. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. 
Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. <laughs> Aquaman's out in theaters, trident. I gotta be honest, does that movie look like it's anything more than a drunk, hungover rental to anybody? I mean, it's just... I don't really like these uh, these uh, movies all too much, especially the DC ones. I, but that that does not look good. Well, let's put it this way: I, I don't know what you're water's talking. hard to do. Especially, I, 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 I'm going to be like South Park. I'm going to be like Eric Cartman. Like I watched Black Panther again for like the third time, and I'm like, I liked it a lot better the first time. It was like the visual stuff was really cool, and they're not great of them. As far as like if I'm ranking all of these Marvel movies, twelve. 11, 12, around there. Are any of them that great these days? I think they're all so overrated. No, but I mean, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was fantastic. I didn't like it. The second one was, was, was not that good. I didn't like it. No? No. The, like, the movies you know that I like it is, though, they, they, they have different ones that reach different people. I know. Of course, of course. I know I'm not the target audience. There's no question about that. But I, don't, I like, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 yeah. with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Like, that was those were fucking good movies. Well, those were also Superman because movies. we had taken an evolution from the old Jack Nicholson with uh, Michael Keaton Batman. To, there you go. Here was a more of a realistic, cool-looking, good special effects. And I haven't seen the new Spider-Man Homecomings and all these and other it's, ones. It's the best. It's by far better than the Garfield one. It's good. It's the, I would say that's one of the better movies out of all these well, I'm going to watch those ones. It's okay. really good. All right. Um, but yeah, the Batman and Batman the Returns and all those like that's those are amazing. These fucking ex- um, we'll move on. I'm sorry. Wonder Woman the was Avengers, good. Wonder Woman, amazing. That was great. Avengers, all these movies. I know they're like they everyone loves them. They sell so much. They're atrocious. They're so bad. Well, think about this. Like, I can't uh, even how about all the love Thor? that they gave to uh, all of the uh, Star Wars movies, where the. The, the ones that are not the main movie ones, like the, like the one-off movies, I haven't seen Solo yet, and I heard it got bad reviews. I liked it a lot. I, I, I heard a lot of people tell me, like, I it's like great. It. I, I, my favorite movie since Empire Strikes Back came out was Rogue One. Yeah. Like, you're going like, to like just, Solo. Because it's a Solo cool style. story. It's like, I don't care if I know that they're all going to die or whatever. It, yeah. It's the story of, okay, I want to know how that happened. And Solo tell it well. Solid. Just tell a good story. They're making enough money on the, the Star Wars stuff. I hate the fact that Solo not selling out. We'll move on in a minute. Sorry, Stags. But the, it's not doing so well in box office. Has him like rethinking through Stupid. everything. No. What are you doing? The start, the, you got Netflix. Do a, do a, do a Hulu. Do a, just and watch it become a whole classic. Who gives a shit? Just It'll become one of those underground ones where again, they're not so important individually. I look at so many movies like that that didn't get the acclaim when they came out, and then people go back and try to digest it again and go, I don't know why I was so hard on it. It's actually a really good movie. Totally agree. Um, all right, uh, we're off of we're off of comics. Let's go to Arizona. Breeze through the Cardinals. Tell us about David Johnson, and tell me that there's anybody else I should even think about playing. Um, <laughs> I think you should think about playing David Johnson. You know, even though they they don't seem to want to ride him completely, um, I, I think you're rolling him out there if you've got him. Um, we, we saw him be pretty dominant in that first series, first two series for the Cardinals, and then they really went away from him. I, I don't think they can afford to do that again. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald had 7 for 82 last week. Um, last time they played uh, what at home, he had 10 for 98 and a touchdown. 
in, in the slot, it, it could be pretty good, you know, avoiding Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Um, but Avoiding Marcus Peters is not a problem, I don't think. That, that guy is not that good, or at least the, the only scheme person, of playing him in is not the right scheme for him. The only person that should be afraid of Marcus Peters is that guy whose ass he whooped nearly in the stands. Yeah. He walked up in the stands, checked this guy, dropped a bunch of end bombs just, he's like, where you at? And then the guy, this guy, I didn't see this. Yeah. This guy got the shit that I'm all over. I don't know. This was recently? This last well, week? week? Really? Oh, uh, what is he going to get suspended? He's got to. If Leonard Fournette got suspended for his shot loss, then you don't go He didn't touch balance. anybody. He didn't touch anybody. He just cussed this dude out. But he went up into the stands. Well, on the stairs that are... Technically, not the state. So, I'll like, there's a weird setup uh, of that yeah, state where you can go upstairs, oh, but you're still in like, like a tunnel or whatever. Yeah, okay. no, that's a weird, that's a weird stadium. And with, with that said, I agree with you. Marcus Peters, his his cachet, his gleam, has worn off, and it's, he's always been a little bit uh, more than uh, than what he probably really is. Um, Next. Next. Okay. Uh, the, the Bears. The Bears. The NFC North Champion Chicago Bears. We're not done. I sound Bears. like a Grabowski now with my grouchy voice. <laughs> I sound like I'm a true Chicagoan. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to go to work. Travinsky's going to be great. <laughs> I hope so. Now I sound like a true Chicagoan. Chicagoans have not been able to pronounce a quarterback's name in this town for the last 30 years. I think they got Miller. That was about it. That yeah. was about it, right. But from oh, Miller Josh, Josh M- uh, McCown. To, McCowan. Uh, McCowan. No, no, that was Cade McCowan. And, uh, <laughs> Let's be oh, by the way, a guy tailgating next to me on Sunday... Wearing a Cade oh, McNown yeah. jersey. It's so snobby. It's so snobby when I do this, and I hate myself when I do it. Whenever I'm like at the game and I see like an old jersey, it's snobby of me because the the guy, you know, he either loves this guy, was in his fraternity, right, right, you know, right. can't afford it, what what have it could be a thousand things. Whenever I see a jersey and it's like an old school, I'm like really. You're you're rocking like an old uh, an example is like a Tory. I saw like a Tory Smith. Um, what was the first team you even played for? Baltimore. Yeah, the Ravens. A Tory Smith Ravens jersey. Like, can't like upgrade. The Do you want a better one? Siegel. You know Siegel. Yeah. So until it was that Grossman and the Bears won a playoff game in like 2004. Mm-hmm. From the time that we were in college, he owned one Bears jersey. A, I believe it was a number seven Steve Walsh jersey. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, can yeah. you get another get fucking a, jersey? Get and a he, legend. You know what get he said to me? He goes, go and he said, yeah, this is the last guy, that, uh, the starting quarterback for the Bears that won a playoff game. When they win another playoff game, I'll get rid of this fucking jersey. <laughs> I said, uh, that's, that's pretty good. good. That's, that's pretty good. good. What, what was the one? Oh, you remember Dude, it might have been it might have been Siegel. Sorry, <laughs> wasn't Walsh? Didn't Walsh try and commit suicide? Oh, I don't know about that. Who was the quarterback on the Bears that that, that commit and lived? Shot himself. I think it was Walsh. No, 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 no. That was um, uh, uh, Eric Kramer. 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 Right. He got like Kramer. major CTE shit that yeah, went so out. He had, yeah. I'm, no, and I'm not I'm not joking about this. But I saw I was I saw the, right after that happened. We were at the we were at the game. It was probably, 
three years ago, I think, at this point, maybe four, we were at the game, and there's a dude who's drunk and being in wearing a fucking Kramer jersey. And me and my buddies were like, that guy's got it. Either, the, kind of what we're talking about, that guy's either really just has no idea what he's wearing, or he's a fucking total asshole and sh- shoving well, it out. I do space. still have that I bought the Kramer, you know Bears right. jersey that I bought from his rookie year when he was set the league on fire as a safety. Shot salon. No, he had like ten or nine or ten or eleven interceptions as a rookie, um, and then never fulfilled his greatness from USC. Number twenty, Mark. Carrier. carrier. I got a carrier jersey. Authentic. Like paid the three hundred dollars for uh, like the full on stitched, like awesome, like real jersey. Here's the one thing I'll say. This is the reason why I think in general, get the legend. Yeah, right. A Peyton, a Butkus is never going out. A Sayers for the 49ers. I got literally I have three Jerry Rice jerseys in my closet. No, that's great. I, I, never, I bought a Brandon Marshall. Doesn't matter. But this year I did buy Dennis. two. I did buy two, but I did not buy the authentics. Khalil Mack. I can go yeah. out and buy yeah. an authentic now. Do it. Uh, and, Do it. and I bought Roquan Smith. Nice. I like and it. I think I'm happy with both of those purchases. Dog Bears. Let's talk fantasy stag party. We'll uh, we'll bring this back to your uh, focused mind. Um. So against San Francisco, you could pretty much roll any bear you want. Uh, the weather should be nice out there. Um, you know, San Fran's been playing a little better as of late. Their offense has been doing some nice things. They gave Seattle a game there, but they're allowing the 29th most uh, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks over the last five weeks. Ooh. The 27th most fantasy points to opposing running backs, the 30th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Which means, which means actually the third most and the sixth most, not yes. 27th. Yes. Because so, it's going to correct you. My, my brain would be real fucked up right now. That's all good. After all this Eric Kramer and... Yeah, no, no. You, you, you got a Chris Chandler concussion going on for yourself right now. It's buddy. <laughs> um, they are pretty good against opposing tight ends over the last five weeks. Um, so, you know, Trey Burton... He's been, a, he's been barely startable, to yeah, be honest. Not startable at all. Um, and, I, you know, depending on your other options, I'm not really thrilled about rolling him out there. Uh, well, especially now that Adam Shaheen, who plays more of an right. actual real tight end and is either in online blocking and then, as you said, in that red zone situation where Burton is just... Wouldn't you say Burton's the number one? I mean, maybe Gronk because he's where he went, but Burton was the fourth... Tight end take. Oh, he was fit. well overdrafted. Fourth or fifth tight end take. He was, he was high going high. On Maybe it's because we were in Chicago and we're doing no, drafts. No, it's also because of Travis Kelsey and where, where Nagy was coming from and the way that tight ends have been used in these offenses. I think his ADP was like tight end eight or nine. In normal drafts, that is in okay. Chicago. Maybe, maybe so. I think he was fourth or fifth in both. The, probably fifth. Everyone yeah, thought he was, was going to be high. huge in this offense. Like, I remember the one guy. I don't know, top yeah. top. Took him like the seventh round. I was like, oh my god, I, who's this? What's this guy's name again? I know he's on our team. So look, would would you feel? Bertenski. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to the running backs and let's talk about a Jordan Howard and a Tony Cohen because it look. Howard, I'm not trusting Jordan Howard. I don't think anyone that's in this uh, week of the playoffs probably had Howard on your team. If you had him, you drafted him in the second round, and your team suffered this year. Tariq Cohen, you probably drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round, and you're like, holler for a dollar. I fifth found or a sixth. He was going deep. I mean, where was he going? Fourth round? Where, where? No, much later. Later, right? Okay. Later. So even later. 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 So talk about the value there. that you're getting, and, 
and you know, even in the the rough week last week, like, he's the guy that picked up a touchdown. But near more to closer to ten, I think. Yeah, maybe not. I don't. I know. think this is a big Tariq Cohen game. If I'm looking at those wide receivers, watch for watch for a Rob this week. I, I this is like. Speak music to my ears. I need them. It should be. It should be a big A-Rob week. And then if I'm going to choose between the the Miller or the Gabriel situation, I'm going to lead more to Gabriel right now. Um, you know, Miller hasn't been very active. For the last three weeks, it's basically been kind of no production. Plus, they're using, they're using more of these two tight end sets with Burton and Shaheen. Um, but that's also been playing more in colder weather because they've been at home against yeah. the Rams and the, and the Packers. But the Packers' weather was good. But, uh... Yeah, it, it's, he's not a trustable asset. The tight ends aren't trustable assets. Uh, you know, Howard's not the most trustable asset, although there could be a chance for a, a bunning touchdown or two. But the problem That's is, what, it's Santa Slay, all the other goofy plays that they do. Yeah. Here's the only thing that I'll say, and it kind of goes back a little bit to one of the reasons why I think Damian Williams um, is going to continue to do well for the Chiefs and why they really rode the hand and were like, when they were in the in, within the five yard line, they were giving him the ball. It's like they want defense to be like, wait, we have to cons- Hunt's gone, but we have to consider this guy. And I think I don't think the Bears are that worried about the 49ers. Where I think what they're doing is they're almost setting up some future playoff, and and they're 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 going in, they're going deeper, and they're gonna make it so that teams think. We know that Jordan Howard hasn't done shit this year, but all of a sudden I can see Jordan Howard having huge last two games so that when the playoffs come, all of a sudden teams are like, oh, we got to worry about Jordan Howard. Remember, this was a guy that was a huge, a top guy a year ago. He hasn't had a great year, but now they're using him at the right time. Derek Henry stopped. But a team scheme like that, and you're like, let's get this guy so they feel like we have to worry about him, and then we'll Tariq him and do all this other stuff. More weapons. I know. It's funny. Had this been any other coaching staff, I would say you're out of your fucking mind. They just are doing whatever they're doing to try to win a game. But it's this coaching staff, the way Nagy has done everything all year, they set up the Santa sleigh with the freezer hicks in the backfield and the touchdown that they gave him. So I don't put anything past them that they put in all these weird installations to put more things on tape. To, to, confuse to confuse you, to, to make you kind of study for one thing and then give you the other. Yeah, he's, he definitely does a lot of shadow boxing. Think about that game we watched last night with Luke Keekley. I know these guys, I see him, and that's against fucking Peyton. And that, like, the more things that the, 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 the quarterback of the defense has to think about with formations and things that could happen, it just gives you that edge. So it's, it, it's that chess element. So Breeze, I can see. Breeze, not Peyton. Uh, Peyton's a coach. Oh, oh, Peyton's Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. It's all good. It's all good. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. As we said in college, I'm an asshole. Play that. Play that. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole till I die. But I'd rather be an asshole than a beta, beta pie. Fuck you, betas. Play that. You gotta play it. Smells like Yeti cock or whatever. <laughs> Side of the action. I mean, it's Kittle. No, you got you got Mullins has been playing well. You got Kittle. You got Dante Pettis. Those are the main guys that you really got to you know in the passing game that you're talking about here. Um, Pettis, 
In this matchup, I mean, is he going to be the one that's going to draw Prince of Mukamura? Most likely. So um, that could be a little bit tougher for him. Uh, if I'm going to play anybody I'm going to feel comfortable with, it's going to be Kittle just because of the fact of the volume that he gets and that he's able to, to beat uh, linebackers. And the Bears do have very good linebackers, but he's going to get his. Yeah, the Bears have allowed the seven fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends over the last five weeks. They're one of the top five teams on the season at defending the tight end position. But George Kittle is sort of just a different animal right now. Uh, once they get the ball in his hands, it's great things. And we've got to remember that San Francisco really pulled an upset late in the season with Jimmy G over over um, you know the Jaguars. And you know, Shanahan knows how to scheme some things open. Um, so, you know, they're going to find ways to find Kittle Pettis. Uh, you know, he's going to be a little bit of a tougher start for me, but might be in that range. Rita, you know, now that he's sort of back fully yeah, healthy, air quote healthy, <laughs> you know, he might do it as a rusher and a receiver to get to 70 or 80 total yards maybe. A, a slim chance for a score. If I want to look at it, if I'm going to make a case for Pettis, here's the case that I can make. It's the same case I'll make for Mullins. If we think that the Bears are going to kind of let everything kind of all hang out and, and let it all go, and maybe this is one of those games where they jump out early, maybe they score like 20, 24 points in the first half, uh, they end up with like 35 or 30, 38 points by the end of the game, um, but it allows San Francisco playing from behind to kind of just get some garbage yards, or maybe they're even playing looser just within the 20s. And City, some guys. And, well, they're not necessarily going to sit any guys yet because the Bears are still potentially playing for that chance to... Well, I'm saying if they get up to a 24. Oh, no, if they get to a 20-something point like, lead, the Bears will start... They will, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you, you should rest a Khalil Mack. You should pull yeah. out on the key picks. Why are you risking these guys unless you absolutely need them? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I do love the one uh, what we heard from Mac, and we'll move on. Uh, sorry to keep making this Bears for Chicago guys. We're pumped up for our team. The Bears D is back. The we haven't been to the playoffs in yeah. eight years. Allow us, allow us a moment to be excited. Uh, but I just like Mac, and we knew this was the case. He's like, I just want to be kind of the spear, tip of the spear, and be a part of greatness in Chicago, and uh, just a vaunted and just a storied uh, franchise of defenses. And I think we've talked about it. Uh, th- this is much better than that defense that got us the Super Bowl against Indiana, uh, or Indianapolis, uh, back in what 07 or 06. 08, yeah. 06. Sweet one, stag party. Uh, let do your thing on the, on the Steelers. Start it out, and me and uh, Houdini will start talking about uh, you know probably jazz musicians or something. But oh, the Ramsey Lewis trio. We'll talk about that next. No, not bluegrass trio. Uh, fuck you guys. Um, James Conner, if he's back in the lineup, I, I think you're rolling with him. If you've been you know sort of hoarding. Is that happening? Uh, 
it, it's a little more hopeful this week than it was for last week. He was apparently close. You know, they had him as questionable first, then downgraded him to uh, doubtful the day before the game. So he's probably closer this week. Might be the week for him. He might be a little bit hampered uh, by a high ankle sprain still. Um, but I, if he's out, I think you're rolling him. Even though the Saints' defense is pretty tough uh, against opposing running backs, I just think he's he'll see such a if healthy, he'll see such a large um, percent of the snaps um, that he's going to be effective enough and you know have that chance for a touchdown. Uh, the other guys, you know, you're starting Juju, you're starting Antonio Brown. This game is on the road. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you look up his home road splits compared to Antonio Brown, he actually might be the preferred option uh, if you're sneaking in some DFS this week or, you know, you're a Juju owner. It could lean his way slightly more. Um, you know, looking at all the other guys, uh, you're really rolling with... Um, you know, Juju, Antonio Brown, uh, James Conner, and then I, I think you're rolling with Roethlisberger even on the road. Uh, you know, he didn't have the greatest game last week uh, against the Patriots, but, you know, the points were there, and he's still, you know, having one of those seasons, should be in a dome where you have not, nothing to worry about weather-wise. So I'm, I'm liking his options. So uh, with the guy that's gone in the championship against Juju Smith, uh, can, you think he could be? Uh, you think he can? I'm going up against him. I want him to not have a good game. Are you thinking he's gonna have a good game or not? I think he's a top five option. Okay. Oh, no. All right, I'm gonna put the kibosh on him yeah. for you. Kibosh. Hey, um, yeah. There we go. Good uh, luck. Let's go. We got the Steelers. Do you have anything to say there over there? No, I agree. I agree with all that. I mean, look, this is gonna be one of those games where. I also look at this game as, I think that both these teams have been playing some lower scoring games as of late. I, I kind of think that this one kind of opens up a little bit. Um, I, I think Saints finally at home, that offense is so different uh, at home versus on the road, and I guess we can flip it over there. So I think they're going to be putting up... Can I say one thing before yeah. we do that? Okay, let's say Connor doesn't play. And I remember last last week when we, when we were talking Stags, I was like, so is, is Connor's going to play? Because I was playing up against him, and sorry I do this. I, and you're like, hell no, it's a high ankle sprain. He's not playing. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And it came to fruition. It was close, but not. if he doesn't play again this week for the reasons that he's not ready, what have you, Jalen Samuels lit it up last week. What what's what do you think if, 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 if Connor doesn't play, Is what's Jalen's situation? Is it I mean, if he doesn't play, you're you're, you're treating him as the same back, in my opinion. Okay. So if James Conner plays, he's a top fifteen running back this week. If Jalen Samuels um, is the starter with no James Conner, he's a top fifteen back this week. Okay, that's what I want to know. I want to know if the drop off was uh, enormous. Jalen Samuels last week. 172 uh, scrimmage yards and 142 rushing and uh, 30 receiving. Pretty impressive. He scored uh, half my team's points in a league last week. I believe half. it. Half. I believe it. He had a, he had a and think about this. These are people that were in the playoffs, and here's a guy that was picked up off the waiver wire like, what, four, three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I made a mistake. We I, we were so on top of him. I, I picked him up so early in the season because – I knew he was, he, there was, uh, that was when uh, Connor got his concussion earlier in the season. 
and I fucking dropped him. Oh my god. Um, and that goes back to what we were talking about. Having good players that turn around sometimes. Wish I hadn't dropped him for it probably dropped him for some That's why I like shitty fucking dude. Leagues with deeper benches, man. It seems to separate the guys who are really on top of it and you know, guys who make moves looking for you know, we You like them or don't like them? I like them. See, I don't. I'm, I'm a guy that's on top of it and used to be a deep bench guy, but it makes it so you don't have to think about it so much. Where this this year, I, there's five guys. Josh Adams, I picked up because Mo told me to. So Notre Dame homer, but like week three, it's like, this guy's going to get it by the year. And then I drop him by week seven because it doesn't happen. But I could have, last year I, hold, I held on to, in a keeper league, Andrew Luck for the whole year. Right. Because I wanted the keeper. It's just, it's more fun when you got to think about it and there's more guys in the pool. I also like it more so with the short benches because in, in this regard, if you're a team that's struggling, guys only can keep three or four or five guys and all the bye weeks come and people have to drop guys and there's more guys that are available and it's more apt for a another team when you're struggling for them to trade with you when you have that one good player and you're like, I can actually get rewards to fill a couple positions yes. and make my team more viable because that short bench is like, I just want to have the guy that I know I'm not going to drop no matter what. And the last point I'll make on this <clears throat> is that the, uh, the fantasy football draft with your buddies is supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be awesome. Don't make it so that it's the only thing that defines your team for the whole year. If, if the benches are so deep, there's no one to pick up. It just sucks. You better have done good in the draft. And if you didn't and you don't have good assets, it's hard to trade. You're kind of like SOL. And we've all had some bad drafts. Injuries happen. And uh, rah, 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 just think in general. Like it, that, My other league that I had the worst season ever in, once you fuck up, I took Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I, I, I thought I thought Royce Freeman was good. Once you fuck up, there's no one to pick up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I had a bad draft. I'm fucked. Well, that's my problem too. In a deep bench where we start ten players, but we, have, we, have eight, we have eight bench draft. players. We only have the three pickups, you know, the three uh, supplemental drafts. But guys are like, "Well, I'm, I'm like, I want to trade." They're like, "No, I, I really kind of like my team. I want to see where this depth. shakes out. I want to, I want to see because these guys, I'm like, I like, I almost want to shrink that, make it ten, and instead of the the, the eight bench, make it six. Yeah, and be I like, and, and, and maybe try to figure out a way just to create more trades. I don't know. I agree with that. Okay, then add more starters. I know. Well, we did. We have ten. We 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 start three wide receivers and the flex. So let's move on. All right. Why don't like you roll through this? Tell us any Saints that you would not start. I wouldn't start Traquan Smith. Um, not starting any of the tight ends, Dan Arnold. Uh, but I'm willing to roll out Mark Ingram, willing to roll out uh, Alvin Kamara, Pro Bowl snub, uh, willing to roll out Drew Brees at home. What? The Pro Bowl came out today? Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Christian McCaffrey and uh, Alvin Kamara did not make the Pro Bowl. What? 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 Well, think about this. Who made it over McCaffrey? Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Think about uh, how good the NFC McCaffrey is. should be in over Elliott, though. I mean, the, the season he had... You should see the season Elliott's having, too. I yeah, mean, but compared to the seasons that Elliott's had before, it's not as good. Wow. He'll make it. He's one, the one of those guys... He's gonna, the number one rusher in the league. I can believe that Kamara didn't make it. He is... 
It's since Mark Ingram's come back, it's it, he. You know how it works. Doing the playoffs, well, what you do, injuries. Yeah, yeah. He's got to find. He's got to make it. That's insane. So well, who is who is the running backs on the other side? We won't go into the whole Pro Bowl. Melvin Gordon, right? I, I'm Robert all Gordon, I love this shit. The the top. Did Lindsey make it? Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 He's the third. That's uh, sick. I like it. I like it. And then the top back. Oh, now I'm forgetting. I knew who it was a second ago. Um, well, it's got to be. Uh, um, no. No. It wouldn't be Hunt. <laughs> no, it is James Conner. Oh. Conner, Gordon, and Lindsey. Wow. Probably yeah, talk about that. The strength has moved from the AFC to the NFC, huh? A little wow. bit. I don't, there's some, wow, Connor, there's some good rosters right now. I really like the initial Pro Bowl rosters, like before everybody drops out. Like the initial ones are usually a pretty good judge. Uh, who are the top guys? But when they start adding Andy fucking Dalton yeah, right, to the right, Pro right. Bowl, Derek eight, Carr, eight Derek Carr, did you, didn't Ryan Tannehill make it one year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The Pro Bowl should be it should be a flag football in the sand. Wait, isn't that how that one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how. Yeah, it's all and the other thing too. Patriot. Yeah, right. Uh, was it D.L. Branch? No, no, it was forever ago. God, Foster, yeah. Forster, what was that guy's name? But anyway, uh, but yeah. like Pro Bowl, if I was an NFL player, I would, and I made the Pro Bowl, I would all of a sudden have a, a quad pull and be like, oh, Bob, let's get, let's get, uh, let's get McCaffrey in here. They should just play in like um, bumper cars. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like like whirly ball. It's, let's just have bad, the Pro it's Bowl. Bad. The Pro Bowl is that play no, I want to see them. In, I want to see them in whirly ball. Three hundred pound guys into a car that <laughs> barely fits awesome. them, and they have to scoop and, and shoot. That would be awesome. I like. I like all these ideas. It's probably the way the NFL is going to be in 30, 20 years. All right, stag party. Keep going. Me and who did it? Anything else on New Orleans or, or, or uh, we, uh, I think we talked about the guys you wouldn't play. So the guys you obviously would are Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas. All right. Well, before we get to our two prime time, uh, and this will be our, our final Monday night game of the of the season as well, uh, go ahead and listen to our sponsors one more time. All right, so we got the Kansas City Chiefs at Seattle. Seattle needing this game for their playoff hopes. Kansas City trying to kind of correct little things that have been kind of falling apart from them as they are trying to keep the Los Angeles Chargers at bay and they will know going into this game whether they need to win or whether they can afford to, to take it easy a little bit. I don't think they're taking this one easy. In I don't think they can take anything easy, right? Um, no, they're first in the league in points, first in the league in total offense right now. Patrick Mahomes has 45 touchdown passes and 4,500 passing yards. Uh, I still think they'd like to see him get a 5,000-yard season, which would be huge for a second-year player. Um, in seven games on the road this season. Second-year player, but first-year. First-year starter. 340 passing yards per game, 28 touchdowns uh, against six interceptions. Um, you know how real scary, though? Like, if he... We're to you know you you extrapolate the numbers out. You give him a long career like like Breeze, who's surpassed all the numbers of the guys before him, and each one of those surpassed the numbers of the guy before them at younger ages. He's like bound to take over where Breeze is at by like thirty five years old. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> that's just like he's averaging the three forty six. Was it like it over Breeze's career? I think it's like ninety yards more passing yards per game or something, or eighty yards more passing per game. That's the hard part, man. Can he keep his head straight? Can he save? Can he do injury? Can he be in the right? Right now, he's got Tyree Kill and Kelsey. But that won't last. He's doing that that at thirty-five. Kelsey's basically out of the league. Tyree's way out of the league. Um, But uh, you got to be loving what you're seeing. Mahomes, it's it's fun. I mean, you're starting Tyree Kill. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey leads the NFL tight ends in receiving yards at 1,220. Tyreek Hill has career highs in receptions, receiving yards, and TD catches. Um, he's a player who tends to play a little bit better on the road. Um, you know, in his last eight games on the road, he has 49 receptions, 937 yards, and 10 <laughs> touchdowns. Tyreek? Yes. Wow. Um, you know, you look at whoever is the running back, Damian Williams, I, I just hope we get uh, – I think he'll be the 60-40 leader if Spencer Ware is healthy. And if Spencer Ware is not healthy, I think uh, Damian Williams probably gets a 70-30 share over, you know, Daryl Williams and, you know, Sharkandrick West, who people were worried about, you know, last week and did fucking nothing. That was stupid. Yeah, you saw on Twitter, be like, yeah, I started Charcantric West over Damian Williams or even other players. Like, why? Why'd you do that? You know what I gotta say to that? But you better have some bell to get over that bullshit. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one no touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it! <laughs> so the Seahawks. Brick killed the guy. The Seahawks, Seahawks. You pretty much want to roll. I, I think you can roll pretty much everybody. Um, when we say everybody, that includes Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, who rushed for a career high yardage last week at 119. Uh, I like Chris Carson a lot more if Rashad Penny's out again. But, you know, Carson's been so consistent over the last month uh, as an RB2 since coming back from injury. You're absolutely rolling him if, if uh, whether Penny's healthy or not. Uh, if so, you know, you look at the pass game. Doug Baldwin came back from injury and had a really nice day. Um, you know, you look at... What, two TD catches. Two TD catches. You look at how the Chiefs are even more depleted in their secondary, losing Kendall Fuller uh, to wrist surgery. So it's going to be a nice day for the passing game, but also the rushing game. The Chiefs have allowed 18 RB1s or two this season. Wow. So that's an 18 over 14 games. They're allowing more than one a game. So you're rolling out Chris Carson with reckless abandon. Uh, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, you probably play them both as wide receiver three flexes in this matchup. The question is, can Seattle sort of take the air out of the ball and you know run the ball, you know, take some time and possession away, not give the Chiefs as many chances on offense? They have a lot better chance because it's at home. And because that crowd is going to play a factor, we're going to see. This will be another good chance, right, for Mahomes to kind of see 
how he responds to adverse crowd situations. Yeah. Because Seahawks play for their playoff life. Those fans are, are some of the best as far as... I, uh, them and Kansas City, yeah, that's outdoor, outdoor, outdoor stadiums. That's what I was going to say. Right. Kansas City's the, the the one that people say might even be more. Yeah. But that's home. Right. That's, so he, he has that shut up for him. This is his reverse uh, yeah. reverse uh, experience. Yeah. So I'm rolling. I'm pretty okay rolling everybody on the Seahawks here. Um, nothing at the tight end position though. Uh, the two wide receivers, Carson. And Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, again, anytime you're playing Kansas City, you know you're going to have to put up points. And yeah. uh, so, uh, and the other other thing is for Kansas City, the only fear that you have if you're, you're starting these guys is this going to be another slow down game because you're going against a team that what is that? They sixty percent of the time they run the ball. Like they are in this era, it's a different game. All right, should we go to the last game of the week? By the way, did you guys see? I mean, I saw it. they did it on Come On Man, but I had seen it on Twitter. Um, friggin' uh, the, uh, Sebastian Janikowski's attempt on that kick return uh, <laughs> the, by the 49ers last year. cannot tackle. I mean, to be honest, if Who's I was on, for him or Robert Gronkowski? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, if I was on the sideline and he did that, I'm sorry. I know he's probably a gangster. He's probably got a gun in his locker, and he's probably pretty much he's probably been in more fights than most of the guys in the NFL. But I would go out and be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I would like want to fight him. I mean, that, that, right, that yeah. was my. Did you see the video I posted awful. from the Bears game of the two guys dancing? Yes, yes. Okay, the two guys slide to the left, crisscross. Yeah. Now, imagine. It's Gronkowski and Janikowski <laughs> as those two guys do it, and how stiff they would be oh doing that dance. So when you were, that was amazing. That By the way, that thing, that thing has got over three hundred views on my on my Facebook page. I believe it. So who are were, were a lot of people watching this? Or yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm walking. I'm going. It's like around it's, these guys? it's like the big area when you w- just walk in the stadium before you go up the steps. Where yeah. you know they have like the big uh, the DJ in the in the area. It's just these two guys out there, and I'm like, we're going. We got there early, so we have 20 minutes before the start. I'm like. I got a, I got a videotape. Is there a lot of other people there? Or no, people really were around, but it's like there's like no one was really okay. paying attention. So it wasn't like they were doing this to a crowd. They were no, just they were doing, doing it themselves. themselves. Got it, got it. And then they looked around, and I think they saw the one guy saw me at one point, so then he started like, okay, all right, we gotta do this. Right. We gotta do we're this. We're going viral tonight, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, that was funny as shit, dude. Um, <laughs> All right, Seahawks start them off. We're good to go. We're moving on to the final Monday night football game of the year. Uh, I will say lastly, which is pretty exciting, not many players, uh, it, there's no players in my championship that are on Monday, so I'll know by Sunday night. That's good. I've got my homies. So he's got Kelsey. Real quick, I went, I went into this last week with a lead going against Christian McCaffrey. And it was like, it just brought me back to days of, oh, yeah, I'm in my championship or second to best, uh, second uh, semifinal game. I got Monday night, I got a 25 point lead, and I'm going against Marshall Falk, and I end up losing by three points. You need, it's incredible how you need, like, we'll see what happens. I don't want to jinx anything, and he has Kelsey, who's a fucking stud. But I know my opponent thinks he's got to have a nice, he's got to have a nice cushion going into that Sunday night game. Sure. And after that one, it's good times. Um, even if I lose, it's good times. So I'm excited. Um, Monday night. This is two days before. That's the 23rd, right? No. 24th. It's, it's, it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, baby. Yes. And 
nice. I didn't even know that. that my eyes aren't great, but yeah. <laughs> all right, that's sick. I'm watching football with my nephews then. Um, okay, Broncos at Raiders. I didn't even think about that. Right, I'll go first. Let me go first. Christmas, and then you can clean it up. Case Keenum, uh, real quick, has been a guy that had been like the potential guy that you might want to stream as a quarterback. I did put him on the list this week. Because of the fact that Lamar Jackson is playing against the Chargers, Nick Mullins is playing against the Bears, Josh Allen is playing against the Patriots. If you're looking for someone who at least has a matchup against a defense that is not very good, that would be Case Keenum. But the problem with Case Keenum is that you haven't gotten the touchdowns, the 2-1 and one that he had been giving me for that seven-week uh, stretch once he lost Emmanuel Sanders on top of losing Demarius Thomas. But if you want to talk about like a weird guy, if you're like crazy guy in like a deep league looking to stream somebody and you missed out on all the other receivers and stuff that are out there, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick has been highly, highly targeted over the last couple weeks uh, and has started to make a difference. Cortland Sutton is getting all the attention. He is not doing very well dealing with it. So they got to look at him being like, you know what? The idea that he's like a, a true stud number one. Probably not. It's going to be more than he's not now. He's a rookie. I, mean, I know, and there may be it may be out there for him, but he seems to be more of that bigger play threat, uh, not a, a high volume type of a target guy that you can go and give 10, 12 targets to a game and, and count on him to get you 10 catches, right? Not like a DeAndre Hopkins, not like a Demarius Thomas back when he was young. Is he is he a second coming of Josh Josh Doxson? God, no, he's not Josh Doxson. I, I think he's better than Josh Doxson. He was a top 20 pick. No, right? no, no. Maybe but he went top 25, but he had the same profile. He's not as big, and but he was the same. Not as like, lanky. He was, he's not, he was, but he was the best 50-50 ball guy with K-State or whatever the hell At like. least Cortland's in a better situation than Doxson has ever been in, right? All the competition has kind of been moved away from him that they're giving him the opportunity to be that guy. Now, we got to wait and see what they do in the offseason, what they bring in. Do they re-sign Emmanuel Sanders? You know, all these things because of the fact that, okay, they were trying to piece it together thinking that Case Keenum could hold him in for, for this year. Well, you're not. it didn't happen. So, But this is a matchup where it can work, right? So, Lindsey, as we talked about earlier, is a Pro Bowl player. He's locked. I mean, come on. Done. In. Um, outside of that, Sutton, Patrick, I, I don't see much difference between those two. But if you're starting either of those two, you're probably not in the championship. <laughs> you're probably playing in the toilet bowl. Um, for the number one draft pick in your dynasty league the next year. What Doesn't about? the toilet bowl usually end in week 15? Mm. No? Sorry. Not in our league, but All right. I'll let you go. I mean, the thing with Tim Patrick is there's also Deshaun Hamilton there. Who's uh, you know been highly targeted as well? So picking between the two of them may be a little bit tougher than picking between you know Cortland Sutton and one of them. Uh, the Oakland Raiders have actually been very strong against opposing number one wide receivers, which should open up you know lanes for Deshaun Hamilton and for uh, Tim Patrick. So I, I do think those guys are a little bit more interesting than Cortland Sutton. I think if you you know, picked up Portland Sutton off the waiver wire. You could probably just leave him on the bench. Um, you know, looking at you know other options is probably better. Yeah. Um, and, and then Lindsey locked in, Case Keenum. You know, the Raiders defense has been playing a little bit better as of late. Uh, they haven't been as god awful, which isn't saying much. But they did just get you know trounced by Cincinnati in the run game. Lindsay's coming off his worst performance of the season. I think he's going to have to show that 
you know, be a little bit more resurgent. If you want to make a case for another guy, okay, uh, good, long stretch. This is the only thing that you're going to get, but it's it's called matchups. Um, CJ Azuma with Dr- Jeff Driscoll, who Azuma basically had been non-existent, had a decent game last week. That was easily to. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. So here's a guy, another guy that had a good game last week. That is the only tight end left on that roster, Matt Lacoste. Is this one of those? He can steal a steal a stupid touchdown. Yeah. So again, if you're looking at the the tight end position, is the one on the waiver wire that I look at and be like, you don't Still fucking, you don't fucking know, you don't fucking know. Great. All I can take is if it's PPR, I like I like Blake Jarwin, who I mentioned earlier. I mean, I if it's a touchdown league, I'll take I'll take Lacoste for a chance of, of a touchdown because Jarwin's not going to give you the red zone uh, target. Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott, Lacoste or Dak is going to get it before it's going to go to Blake. Lacoste doesn't have alligator arms. Uh, just on my shirts. <laughs> there you go. By the way, you got to tell your uh, bosses, Damo and Alan, they got to step up the swag a little bit. Like, you guys should have some of those I&M constructions on, like, a, a Lacoste po- uh, alligator <laughs> shirt. You guys should have, like, a nice Nike. Like, you should be rocking the same shit that McVay is rocking on the sideline, but instead of being a Rams logo, uh, you got that. We'll I'll see. Th- one of these days. <laughs> let's do it. It's cheap. You can do one-offs these days. I, I want I want to see you coming in <laughs> rolling in some uh, nice gear. I'm fine right? in my $14 polo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're going to get you a jersey. Let's... Um, all right. You keep going, buddy. So flipping over to the other side, flipping over to the Raiders, um, you look at how... You know, Cleveland was able to sort of manhandle Denver. They didn't put up a ton of points. Um, you know, Doug Ball, uh, Doug Martin, excuse me, has a rush touchdown three of his last four. Um, you know, Jalen Richard in his past three versus the AFC West, 242 uh, scrimmage yards, caught you know a bunch of passes last week. Um, you know, we might be there for a floor, but really no ceiling. Uh, Jared Cook's probably the best play. And then at receiver, it's just desperation. Seth Roberts. Uh, Jordy Nelson has had, you know, 85 receiving yards in two of his last three games. And been he- heavily targeted, too. Yeah, but I... I, I you can't can... trust it, I mean, but... Yeah. But, but again, he's another guy that I put on that waiver wire. Look, I... I I think that this is not a great game because, like, Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks that could have been out there, too, if you're looking to stream. But I don't like it in this matchup against Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, the way that they've been sacking guys and the fact that he is completely immobile. Well, he's completely immobile, and his left tackle is allowed the most pressures in the league. So. Enough said. Good reason for me to keep him off, man. Man, I'm (laughs) We're done with we're done with Oakland. All right, so we're done with the show. Got them all. Uh, the music tonight was phosphorescent. Amazing band. You gotta check them out. Um, their newest album they got is called "Say uh, La Vie," um, which is uh, just an awesome record. What was our opener? Uh, that was "New Birth" in New England, uh, and then we're gonna close with "There From Here." Uh, just an awesome band. I saw them live a few weeks ago. I've seen them before at a couple festivals. Uh, if, you know, if you like music and you like chill music, but they got some slide guitar, they got keyboard stuff, they sound like the Black Crows, Southern Harmony at times. It's 
it, they're all over the place, and they're, it, it's just a great fucking show. I know I didn't have the music this week, but I saw an amazing band last weekend on Friday night, Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> this is like modern day Led Zeppelin recreated. And what is it, Barf Bag? No, it's fucking amazing. Were we I supposed to go to that Saturday? I, you want to I did? Yeah. I didn't even tell you. I bought four tickets to it. But then we were go- we were going. We got invited to their Christmas party. Friday or Saturday? You know how much I sold my tickets for? For Greta Van Fleet? Oh. Yeah. Four tickets, six hundred. Wow, they were forty each. They're the Aragon, right? Yeah. Wow. I, so they played two nights well, in you, a row. But you, but you were. He obviously bought them. Or, well, he bought them online. Yeah, yeah you bought them forty bucks for yeah. yeah, yeah. But he bought. He didn't buy them online like before. The, he bought them right when they came out. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know. $600 for tickets. I'm going to tell you what. You did good. The, uh, the venue was amazing. Never done. Through Vivid Seats. I've done Vivid Seats. I've bought tickets. Listen, the first time I ever sold I, I heard their music. I listened to I like YouTube a bunch of their stuff before because I'd never heard it. He's like, when I go to this show, I got to buy it the day before. I'm not a fan. No, no. And I'm like, and I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan. That's the other thing. Uh, I'm like a more of a Pink Floyd guy, like a Who guy. Like, yeah, I'm a huge so, Led Zeppelin So I go into this and I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. And, I'm, and then we get there, and we're waiting in line. We got in, and like the line was so long, it took for the security was crazy. But taking a piss, and the guy next to me is like, "This is their song, are they on? Are they?" I'm like, "I don't know if they are. That sounds really goddamn good because it almost sounds like it's fucking you know produced." Go in there, holy fuck! This guy just has the most yeah, ridiculous bye. voice in the world, yeah. and in that venue, in that ballroom, with like the amazing acoustics. It sounded just like everything. Like, and I'm like, is he lip syncing? I'm like, oh, it's fucking real. I'll tell you this. No, no, I recorded it. It didn't come out. <laughs> the drummer did a John Bonham with John Bonham on. You four, gotta start, You say you don't like Les Up. You gotta start like, You know now. I appreciate that, show, that. No, I appreciate you start them. Listening to Les no, no, but I don't. But I don't. But I, there's a lot of Les Up. I just, I, I don't. It's that not like thing, like Rolling Stones. I don't. I don't get into the Rolling Stones anymore. I don't. I, I just, All right, we gotta move on. We gotta All right, move on. on. But I'm psyched that you liked seeing that rock show. No, it was a great what show. that made me realize. I'm gonna invite you to more rock shows because I go a lot. I know you you go to a ton of music, but it was but, but you it was energy. But it was energy. See, and the other thing is this: it wasn't playing Zeppelin songs. It sounded oh, Zeppelinish, but it was updated, and it was great. It was great. I was pumped to see it, and then I was then I was like uh, hang out. with <laughs> the stags and the Irish fucks, <laughs> steaks and Ditkas, good times. Oh. Um, I'm out, and I'll make six hundred. All right, and obviously, by the way, um, yes, vivid seats. As you all know, it was Anchorman was our uh, audio tonight. So, what were you drinking tonight, buddy? Oh, I was drinking. Uh, going back to the Anchor Steam, Go West IPA. I really like that one. It's um, a good one. I've made a realization that I've been drinking these beers that I love, these New England IPAs. I like that all day IPA. And these things have like seven, maybe seven point fives. I don't know what it is, but a six pack knocks the, my lights out. Um, just I'm, I don't think I'm drunk, so maybe I you're old now. You're like, getting drunk. I grab a couple backs, but the next day I'm like floored, and I look in the. <laughs> you look like me. I look in the. You look like me right now. And I look in the recycling bin. <laughs> I did the six pack, and then I had like three or four like pilsners, and I'm just like hungover as fuck. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing a little, hopefully one of my year-ending resolutions is taking my uh, alcohol percentage down on my beers a little bit. Founders All Day IPA, a beer that we all know and love. 15 packs, which I love. That's what I love about Founders. You get it. Instead of 12, it's 15. And this at Mariano's was $12.99. Oh, by the way, That's my six-year at Mariano's for this, yeah. at 6.7%, yeah. $8.99. 
Yeah, Mariano's got some serious. That's a good deal. On a couple beers. Legit. All right, guys. Hey, we love being together and do this. Um, we love the fact that you guys are still listening this deep in the season. Hopefully, that means you're deep into the race and you're going to be getting a shot at the championship. Uh, hopefully, we had a, a, something to do with uh, with helping you get there. We appreciate you listening. We know it sounds like American Airlines, but we we know you. There's a ton of podcasts out there, <laughs> and we're happy you're listening to ours. But for those of you that have been listening to us dude, back in the days when there were five fantasy football podcasts and we were one of them, uh, we're pumped that you're still around. Daisy's had enough too. She's starting to bark and get ready. I'm ready Guys, to go home and pass yeah, out. We're all, we love you for listening. Let's win that championship. Fire it up. NFL fucking season for 2018. It's all that. We're closing out right now. They're from here. It's a mellow track, so maybe we want to turn it up a little no, bit. No, but don't worry. But you want to get your championship, you got to get from there to here. So let's get there. There you go. Turn it up a little bit because it's mellow. I'll get Daisy.
You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. It's kind of like... Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been, when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Mental problems, man. <laughs> yeah, you got mental problems, man. Yeah, it really does. Man. Afternoon delight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.